What's happening, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice, episode 136, the 2022 NHL Draft special episode with your host, Chad Minton and Rich Howe. Rich, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. We don't have anything to talk about tonight, do we? Nothing. Nothing happened at all, right? No, it's going to be like a 10-minute episode. Yeah. We're going to talk We're going to talk about our favorite ice cream flavors. Yeah. We're going to, uh, we already talked about we already talked about overrated restaurants we don't like, so we can't oh, talk right. about that. We already we already talked mm-hmm. about our guilty pleasure songs last week. Man, we right. we don't have much to talk about, man. Well, okay. Favorite we're best. Favorite ice cream flavors and then that's it for Catfish on Ice episode 136. Mm. Wrong. No. Lots uh, to right. talk about. <laughs> we have plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. 2022 NHL Draft Special. We're going to really get the table set for the NHL Draft, which is just two days away. Wow. 48, 48 hours from now, we will watch the NHL Draft and see who is being picked. And I'm just telling you right now, Rich, this year's draft is completely unpredictable compared to the last couple drafts. Yes, there are there are some um, even some outside uh, geopolitical things that are causing yes, unfortunately so, unfortunately yes that could cause which I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the NHL yeah. draft isn't that important. But exactly, there, there are some things that are causing you know some issues that could cause some issues with some of the. Uh, the Russian-born draftees. So, unfortunately, yes. And unfortunately. You know what? It's just it sucks for it sucks for those players. Um, but again, for like sure. you said, put it in perspective. Yeah. For um, outside of the scope of the NHL, which is what we talk about, yeah, there's much more serious things going on with that. Yep. But you are right, though, about that, Rich. It does add a wrinkle to the uncertainty of this draft. Mm-hmm. But also, it's uncertain because. Even though it seemed like a more normal season last year, they're still the scouts are still getting caught up mm-hmm. on all of this. And a lot of these players that are going to be drafted this year really really only have one full year of body of work. Yes. So you're kind of like swinging in the dark here, hoping yep. that hoping that that one year great year from this certain player is a precursor to what they're going to do. So it's yep. a tough Tough business it's for the scouts. Very strange, uh, for sure. These dudes didn't play a lot. So I was listening to um, the Dauber podcast. Um, yes, the prospect, the the final one before the draft, and they were talking about that. Like some of these guys didn't even play for a full year. Like they had no hockey, no competitive hockey for a year so, until yeah. this season. So crazy. We are going to talk about who we think the Predators should take at number 17. That's going to be a, a tall order right there in its, of itself because yeah. it's so hard to predict who's going to be on the board still then. But I will say, Rich, we should all be really excited right now as Preds fans because based on what the Preds need, which I, you're not going to change my opinion on this, they need a dynamic, high upside scoring type of player Mm -hmm. that's what they need even if it might be a risky pick maybe the player doesn't play much defense maybe the player doesn't has some weaknesses in other areas if they have a have a raw talent to put the puck past the goaltender sign me up and there are a lot of players in this draft class Mm -hmm. who do just that and so i'm really i'm really 
really excited right now about what the Preds could take. Yeah. But I did read they haven't taken a defenseman since 2017, so they might go that route. They might. They yeah. might also they might also trade up in the first round, which we're going to try to answer that we're question to see if we're going to see if they th- if we think they should actually do that. We're but talk um, about all that. you know what? We do have some non-draft talk to have tonight because oh, yeah. yeah, a couple things. Uh, I, unless One bigger you, than the other, Rich. Unless you were like asleep for the last forty-eight hours, which maybe you were, maybe you're getting mm-hmm. caught up on sleep. But um, you might have missed that the Preds made kind of a trade. Um, We're going to talk about it, too. They traded for Ryan McDonough of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, so you're going to have to like a Tampa Bay Lightning player all of a sudden, Rich. two-time Stanley Cup champion, Ryan McDonough. All of a sudden, you like a Lightning player now, Rich, all of a sudden. (laughs) It's the the Brad Marshand effect, you know? Like, everybody hates his guts unless he's playing on their team. Did you see, real quick, did you see his Zoom conference with the media and his daughter – Ten yep. seconds in, opens the door, and mm-hmm. he gives her the finger like, "Hey, you like, wait, you wait a second. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I loved it. It was, and she was, it was so adorable. It was so cute, yeah. and um, and she, hey, credit to his daughter, she listened, yeah, and and she shut the door. And I, I really want to know what was so important. Who knows? We will never know. We will never know. She might but, have needed uh, him to go play <laughs> dolls or ride a bike with her or something. Who knows? But, but um, that's, that, that's what normal like normal people have that happen all the time. People that work from home, your kids come in, make an appearance on the video. It's just he's just like a normal person. It was so very relatable. Dollars a year. It was very relatable <laughs> for Predators fans. I know they're going to love Ryan McDonough. I actually have a lot of respect for the player. We're going to talk a lot about what sure. the impact of this trade is for this team yep. going into next year. That's going to be fun. We got to get you the latest on the Philip Forsberg negotiations. <laughs> This is pretty much a weekly segment now on this podcast, unfortunately. But um, we still got to talk about it, Rich. We still got to talk about it. And then, um, let's see. We got some awesome guests that are going to be at the end of this episode. Alex McLean of Dauber Hockey. Yes, the Dauber Hockey, which is one of the best sites out there to get all your information on prospects, on players, on all that stuff. Alex McLean, who is the... Alex McLean, associate editor of Dauber Hockey, was kind enough to join us for about 30 minutes to talk about the top Preds targets at pick 17, should they trade up, all the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. He gave us his expertise, so you need to stay tuned for that. And then also, a fellow friend of the podcast, Mason Blues Fan Reacts, joined He's been on the podcast before. Oh, that's right. Yep. He's a really, really solid dude, even though he is a Preds fan or a, a Blues fan. Yeah. Uh, but um, mm. it's okay. We forgive him for that because he's a cool guy. He also joined us, and he wanted to talk about the draft. He's been really diving into the draft class. That's we talked cool. about Preds picks, Blues picks. What do both teams look like going into next season? As they are rivals, division rivals. So that was a fun conversation. (laughs) So this episode 136 is jam-packed for you tonight, folks. And we're – somebody is here we haven't seen in a little bit. Okay. Stupid Seal. I still love that name. Yeah. So what are we looking at this year, boys? What do we need? We're going to get into that. Oh, 
draft wise, we don't know, but we need Philip Forsberg resigned, <laughs> and then we need like a Johnny Gaudreau type player, uh, maybe the new general manager. Oh, just all sorts of stuff. Who knows? Save the save the uh, free agency talk for next week, Rich. That's right. Yep. We're going to talk about that next time. There's a little bit of a tease for everybody, folks. Uh, Next week is our free agency special episode. The night of free agency, next Wednesday. Set your calendars. We will really be giving all of our emotional reaction to what happens Mm -hmm. on free agency day. I'll be doing it from a hotel room because I will be en route. I'll be en route to my new home in Tampa Bay, St. Pete area in Florida. So that'll be fun. I don't even know what hotel room I'm going to be in yet or what city I'm going to be in. But I will tell you that we will not miss our free agency episode next week. Won't happen. You promise me your face isn't going to be painted blue? I'll do it from a gas station if I have to. We will, from my phone, we will do that episode. You're not going to paint your face blue and have a lightning bolt no, on your I would never do anything? that. Okay. I would never do that to you. I was a little worried about that I would that never do that. Bit. Never I do just, that. I just pictured you like crossing the Tennessee state line and like no. stopping and putting your Tampa Bay lightning flag on your antenna. Well, first like, peace. First of all, I'd be in Alabama at that point, and in Alabama, people would be very confused of why I have a lightning bolt on my yeah. cheek. So I'm, <laughs> I, I might, I might need to wait until at least I get into Florida before I do that. Maybe. Yeah. All yeah, right. Definitely for sure. Don't don't do that. Okay. Alabamians might not like that. They might not. They don't. They don't necessarily watch as much hockey as we do. Here you go. Mike Twitter. Preds trade Minton to Tampa for McDonough. (laughs) I don't know. uh, I don't know if the uh, Tampa Lightning would like that trade return. (laughs) Considering I haven't uh, skated on ice in like ten years, I don't know if that'd be a good trade for Tampa. Like a spy. Yeah. Like a predator spy. All right. Anyway, we are brought to you by DraftKings promo code THPN. We'll tell you more about DraftKings later in the episode. And then also we are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So many good podcasts out there on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, let's get into it tonight. Let's first, Rich, talk about how the Preds are picking at the 17th overall pick. Again. And it's, I know it feels like it's no man's land and you're not high enough to get a generational talent, but you're not far enough back to still get a good player. No. But let me make you feel a little bit better right now. There are so many good players. There is a plethora of good players in this draft class this year that can fit exactly what the Preds need. I'm talking about offensive talent, versatility, Can you play center? Can you play wing? Can you facilitate an offense? That's what I'm seeing from this draft class. And even if the Prince don't trade up in the draft in the first round, mm-hmm. which I still think they should think about it, but even if they don't, there's going to be somebody available. Yes, I that, agree. That, that's going to be a really good player. Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw it looked like there was a lot of centers but there, there are a lot, a lot of, of the, there were a lot of like you know center winger type people and then some are just like wingers which is good cuz that's definitely what need the predators need to have that on the radar to pick a winger. Here, here is the uh here's one player that everyone's talking about right now that seems very realistic very possible and that is uh Frank Nazar. 
who yep. is uh, – a player who has a lot of talent and a player that can really fit what the Predators need right now. And it, it, it feels like they would not have to trade up to get this player. Frank Nazar uh, played for the U.S. National Development Team and in the USHL. He is actually ranked the number five prospect by Dauber Prospect pre-draft. But... Prospect rankings don't necessarily mean that's where you're going to be drafted. So just because he's ranked number five doesn't yeah. mean they're saying he's going to be drafted at number five. Yeah. But um, let me just share what they say about Frank Nazar in on Dauber uh, prospects. One of the most skilled prospects in 2022, Naz- Nazar's skating and s- stick handling are top of the class uh, quality as the elite prospect boasts great dual threat offense with both a refined shot and an adept playmaking. He also, his defensive game isn't great, but it isn't a glaring weakness either. So you've got you've kind of got a two-way player who can do both yeah. ends. And I've seen Frank Nazar all over mock drafts, but he definitely mm-hmm. seems like a player that could slip to the Preds at number 17. Yeah, I was looking at the – I'm on actually on Dauber's website right now at the – it is called the Scouting Team's Final Rankings – Okay. The draft. They actually have him at number four on here right now. They moved him up. All right. Yeah. That doesn't, I mean, like you said, that doesn't mean that's where he's going to go or anything. But um, yeah, I mean, four is, four is pretty strong. So um, he's yeah, a player. He's, he's if, a good all around player. If he's somehow on the board when the Preds pick at number 17, you take him. Oh, you absolutely take him. Hello, Lindsay. Our good what is, what's up, Lindsay? So happy to have you on here tonight. For sure. All right, Rich, <laughs> throw a player at us. So I found a guy who is hovering around 17, actually. And I just want this dude for his name. And that is Jagger Furcus. Have you seen that guy? Yes, I have. Okay. So I watched a video of him. I actually have his stats right here. So he played last year. He's 18 years old. He played in the WHL for the Moose Jaw Warriors. He played in 66 games, 80 points he got, 36 goals, 44 assists. Yeah. I watched some video of him today on YouTube. He has got a wicked shot. Like, it's really – like, he's very – can place the puck wherever he wants pretty much and score. There's one – well, two downsides to his – to him – He's only five foot ten, and he only weighs one hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> oh, that's pretty small. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of a. He's a little bit of a guy, But if they can get him beefed up a little bit, I think it would be it could be a, a good uh, thing. Um, Rich, did you see his NHL comparable player? I did not. Um, I think you know this player. His NHL comparable player is Mikael Granlund. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. He does have a great name, Jagger. That's like. Fergus. I mean, that's just amazing. It's like, like the it. it's he's he's this year's Gunner Wolf Fontaine. That's what we'll call him. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to top that name though, Gunner Wolf Fontaine. You're not. That's amazing. I got a player who I'm not sure. <laughs> he's a very polarizing prospect in this class. I'm not sure if he's going to slip to the Preds, but if he does, it's going to be really hard to look away. And that is uh, Connor Geeky. Oh yeah. All right. So he is. Um, Obviously, got NHL bloodlines in him. You know the name. Absolutely. But 
he is a player that's really hard to pinpoint where people think he might land in this draft. He, uh, WHL, he played for Winnipeg. Um, he, here's the really big drawing point for me on Connor Geeky. He is a big-bodied center. Mm. He is a player who can develop into a dominant top six center eventually. And I, it's always eluded the Predators. They've never been able to find and draft that mm-hmm. big-bodied center. And so it's going to be really hard if somehow he does slip to number 17 to not take him. Yep, for sure. Um, so the website I'm looking at has him at 31. Like he dropped down, I guess. But I don't know. Like, but we don't know that. I mean, <laughs> he, he could be picked wherever. But, um, yeah, his well, brother is uh, Morgan Geeky. I guess it's his brother. I would assume it's his brother. Morgan Geeky of the Hurricanes. The thing about Connor Geeky is he's a very high-risk, high-reward type of player. So he's boomer bust is what they mm-hmm. like to say. So he can end up – he has all the raw tools to be a massive – uh, home run type of pick, but he also has a lot of glaring weaknesses in terms of his skating and other um, tools that you would like to see at this point mm-hmm. that could lead him to be a bust on the NHL level. So that's why he might slip to number 17 possibly, and then he could end up being a steal. I still think he's probably going to go in the top 15 and the Preds won't <laughs> take him unless they somehow trade up for him. But I still wanted to bring up Connor Geeky because if he slips back to 17, if he's a, one of those mm-hmm. players that unexpectedly falls in the first round, which every year you see a couple players yeah. who um, who fall back in the first round who who no one expected to fall back. So that's a player everyone should look at is Connor Geeky. For sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I didn't watch any video of him, but I know that his name gets mentioned quite a bit. So. I don't know why they have him so low on this ranking, but the rankings are all over the place. You can't. They really are. I mean, if you, I mean, if it's you hard. At, if you look at mock drafts, all the, yes. like, I, I've, I've probably looked at at least eight different mock drafts. Mm-hmm. And they are, I mean, the top five is usually pretty set in stone. Yes. But even the top five has kind of gone all over the place. But definitely once you get outside the top ten. Yeah, for sure. It is – it's all over the board. No one, yeah. There's no consensus whatsoever. One of the YouTube videos I was watching <clears throat> for one of the guys I was looking up, somebody had him at like 15th, and another person who, who ranks people had him at like 50th. So it's like, you know, you, you just you can't tell. It's just kind of weird how they – do that so it's gonna make for some really good entertainment for the viewer though yeah because you won't know yeah after the first three or four you, you're really not gonna know who it's gonna be so all right i've got another player real quick and then we'll get another player from you rich but i've got one who i am i know i'm very very confident this player will be available at number 17 and if they take this player it is a very safe pick in my opinion Whereas Connor Geeky is not yeah. a safe pick. It's got a high risk, right. high reward. I like this other player here, and um, that's Nathan Gaucher of the QMJHL Quebec. He is a center left winger. He is a pre-draft ranking of number 52, so he is way back. 
as far as pre-draft rankings. But let me just kind of read this uh, scouting report real quick from Dauber. I want to get your thoughts on this player, Rich, after that. Nathan Gaucher, a big-body two-way forward. I'm already in. Two-way forward. I love that. That's what at, you need. At six foot three, 207 pounds, uh, kind of the opposite of um, Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 5'10", 153, this guy. Um, yeah. Uh, Gaucher, uh, Gaucher combines an, an above-average shot with some decent playmaking tools and a propensity for driving the paint with straight-line speed. I love that. I mean, that's exactly what the Predators need. You can't really teach that either. I mean, if you have a player uh, – if you have a prospect like this who's mm-hmm. draft-eligible – who already has those types of traits, yep. you can't teach that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to kind of fit the Preds system and what they want to be, which is a hardworking, yeah. big-bodied, physical team. Well, uh, Nathan Nathan Gaucher sounds like a player who fits that mm-hmm. mold to me. Where did you say they had him? Um, so I've seen him anywhere. I've seen him outside the top 20 in mock drafts. I've even seen him in the second round. I've also seen him in the mid first round. So he's kind of all over the place. So I, I, I feel pretty strongly though, that he will be on the board at pick 17 if the Preds really like him. And so he's really got my radar pinging rich. Like as far as if he's around, take him. I just love, I love his traits. Um, a lot, really. W- w- the reason why I feel like he's probably further back is he. A lot of the scouts say that his ceiling is not very high compared mm-hmm. to some of these other prospects, <clears throat> and so you're kind of taking a player that might be a safer pick as far as you know what you're getting out of him. Right. Whether whereas if you take some of these other prospects. They have a lot of glaring weaknesses, but their upside mm-hmm. is through the roof, and so you take that chance. Yeah, but it, but it still could not pan out. So, and so it's a matter of what do you what's your philosophy as a as a David Poyle in the Preds front office in this draft? Do you want to take a risk this year, for sure, or do you want to take a safer pick that still has upside? That's a tough decision to make here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's always a crapshoot, but yeah, you definitely the the safer you can be with your pick, you know, the better, obviously. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so I got a guy. It's actually a defenseman. I went defenseman for this dude. So let me tell you if this guy fits in into the mold of what the predators like okay. in defenseman. He he is six foot four. He is he's a little lanky. He only weighs one hundred and eighty pounds though. Um, six four and he weighs the same as me yeah 180 hold on don't name this don't name him yet rich i am five foot nine i am by no means an obese person but i am five foot nine and i weigh like 175 pounds i watched i watched a video of this dude this guy's like a stick figure he's very lanky but he's but he's big okay He's, he's a big dude all right so it's Owen Owen Pickering. I knew you were going to say that player. I've looked at yeah. him a lot. So actually. here's what I like about him, though. All right. He he played in 62 games. He's in the WHAL as well for the Swift Current Broncos. Um, I, love, I love these minor league team dude, names, too. They're so good. Yeah, like <laughs> Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, 62 games, nine goals, 24 assists. 
So I wouldn't focus on the point production as much. Yeah. I think Owen Pickering is going to be on the board for the Preds to take. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, think I think he's think still going to be around. I've seen Pickering towards the end of the first round in a lot of mock drafts. So, um, um yeah. So Let's see. the thing about this is I'm not totally against the Preds taking a defenseman at 17th pick, but it's all a matter of which player are you going to take at pick 17 mm-hmm. if it is a defenseman. For sure. Because – Let's be honest here. David Ferentz, we still don't know about him. Nope. He was. We all perceived him as being the next defenseman in line eventually, but he's mm-hmm. just he's not he's not on the same development track that we would like to see right now. It doesn't mean he's not going to work out eventually. Nope. But then you look at Jeremy Davies. We expect him to be next in line possibly. You've got Ryan Ufko, who's really shooting up the prospect pool. We feel right. pretty we we feel pretty confident about him, mm-hmm. but the prospect pool is getting a little thin at defenseman right now. So I wouldn't be totally against the Preds maybe taking a defenseman. Owen Pickering, um, his NHL comparable is John Carlson, according okay. to Dauber. But yeah, I mean obviously his big frame is is what yeah. draws you in. You put some weight on it, a little bit of uh, muscle and. And also in his a lot of his scouting reports, they note that he's got the ability to eventually be a uh, a power play like player. Oh yeah, there you so go. So basically, like a think about how Ryan Ellis was on the power play all those years. Uh, you're thinking Owen Pickering could evolve into a player like that. So if mm-hmm. that would end up being the case, that'd be a great pick for the Predators. Absolutely, it would for sure. It, yeah, su- it, it really wouldn't surprise me that much at all if, if Owen Pickering was picked by the Predators on Thursday. That would not surprise me. Yeah. The the mock draft I was looking at had him going 20th to the Capitals, but, I mean, if he's available, I think it would be a good pick unless they can trade up, which we're going to talk about too. Yep. So. I've seen other, um, other names I've seen uh, tied. Another great name, uh, Rucker McGordy. Have you heard of <laughs> Have you seen this guy? Yep. He, um, he's been mock draft, drafted to the Preds on some mock draft boards as well. Rucker McGordy, um, another great name. Uh, I'm interested to see. Like He's another center left winger, so he's another um, versatile player. Uh, played for the national development team for Team USA. Um, he's another big player as well. He's another really big bodied player, mm-hmm. six foot, two hundred five pounds. Um, he he can give you a center position eventually. So, but I would say between Owen Pickering, Rucker McGroarty, and Frank Nazar, out of those three players, I feel pretty confident it's going to be one of those three. Yeah, there's actually another defenseman, though. Um, Liam, I don't know how to say his last name. You're going to have to go out. You're going to have to go for it, Rich. You yeah. already you already put Bichelle? yourself in this corner. You already put yourself in this corner. <laughs> Bichelle, B-I-C-H-S-H-E-L. I don't know. He plays for, for uh, Leckland, which is the um, – Philip Forsberg has some ties. It's for the team from his home country. It's also the team that um, – oh, that, that goaltender that we used to have that only played twice. Oh, this guy's – Yeah, 
This guy's this guy's massive. Yeah. Six foot five. Dude, yes, that that was that was the whole reason I looked at him because he's big. But John Hines likes you know big defensemen. So the 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 point production not much, but you know defensemen don't have to be you know goal scorers as much as we'd like them uh, to. So. Yeah. I don't want to see them take him. I'm sorry, Rich. No. Why is that? Why do you I not just, like him? I just don't think they need another big body, lanky defenseman right now. They, they don't. Not they now. The prospect. Well, no matter who they take in this draft at pick 17, that player's not yeah, coming into sure. the team next year or yeah, anything like sure. that. So we know that. Yeah. But just I just yeah, I don't know. I I, I pulled up I pulled up the on the Predators website. They have the players in the system section or whatever, and. Yeah, there's like Cheshtikov, Davies, Ference, Prokop. Prokop's – hey, Prokop is developing very well as well. He though. is. We yeah. can't leave him yeah. out. Um, <coughs> yeah. Um, Ufko, like you said. But uh, I don't know. It wouldn't hurt to get another I, dude in there. I but. mean, they're obviously going to probably go heavy with defensemen later in the draft. They got two picks in the third round. They got two picks in That's the fourth pretty- round. Um, so they don't have a second round pick. That kind of stings a little that's, bit. Yeah, that's weird. And, and I think you know where that second round pick went. We've talked about it plenty. Mm, yeah, don't bring that up, <laughs> Jeremy Lazon. Don't bring All that right. up. I'd already. Did. I like it. I'm late. good with it. It's too late. But um, but I will say that the game is changing, and you've the Preds have tried to play this. Hard hitting, physical. We're gonna beat you on the four check type of stuff, and, <laughs> and I love all that. And I've said this plenty of times, but we've got to get more speed on this team. Maybe not immediately with this draft class, obviously, but yeah, you got to start stockpiling some really dynamic offensive players, and they've yes. they've done that in the past couple of drafts already. By yeah. you know, Philip Tomasino. Look at what he has done. He mm-hmm. was the first-round pick in 2019. It looks like that was a home-run great pick. 2020, they take Iroslav Skarov at 11th overall pick. He's but, widely yeah. widely regarded the best goalie prospect in the world. Yeah. So, another great pick. Look at what they did, Rich, in the second round that year. They took Luke Evangelista. I was going to say, yeah. that's And that dude's going to be amazing. But I it's going to take – he, he's still at least three years away from making it to the NHL. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. He, he's going to – I mean, he's he's a he's a very raw player still at this point as far mm-hmm. as getting into the NHL. So, I think the Preds have to keep building on that in this year's draft. You can't yep. – you can't overlook all the talent at winger and center in this year's draft and mm-hmm. not take one of those players this year. I'm sorry, yep. you can't. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely the preference. But we all know that sometimes GM David Poyle doesn't really pick, you know. Well, you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, by need I mean, much, well, so. and, and kind of round, to round it out, if he does go defenseman, I would like for him to take a defenseman who has offensive upside. And Owen Pickering – I, would I wouldn't be, be I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't. There's <laughs> not sure. a lot. There's really not a ton of high end defensive prospects in this draft class. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, right. I just, I think they have to go center or winger uh, first over uh, at their 17th pick. But let's go ahead and talk about should they trade up? Do you think that's an option? 
I mean, it's always, so I had a question for you, so I'm not as versed in this, you might know. So if, how high do you think they could trade up? Like, well, how, I mean, like there's, how, how, what would they well, have to give up to get oh, yeah. positions? Well, so there's all, there, there's all these rumors swirling around about, um, the Philadelphia Flyers, for instance, are mm-hmm. at the number five overall pick. And uh, they've been rumored to possibly offer up their pick for Alex to bring it. Now, uh, that, would be, that would be a trade package. I don't think it would just be the number five overall pick. But um, mm-hmm. to get in the top five like that, that kind of gives you an idea. The Preds would have to offer a player, most likely. Yeah, uh, along with the draft pick. I don't think the Preds are going to go that far. I don't think they're trying yeah. to get the top five. When I say trade up in the draft in the first round, I mean like they're sitting at pick 17. Let's say it gets to the 11th pick or the 12th like, yeah, pick. 10 or 11. And, and, there's 10, still, and there's a player still on the board that David Poyle says, I got to have this player. Like a certain scout told me, we have to have this player. I trust mm-hmm. this scout. We're going to go get this player. To do something, to move up, like, I don't know, to move up five or six picks like that, it depends on the team you're trading with. But you can offer a couple draft picks. You can offer a fourth-round pick in this year's draft and, and maybe a third-round pick in 2023. Mm-hmm. You don't have to necessarily offer a player to yeah. um, to move up a couple picks. Like, Normally, when you're moving up a few picks in a, in, a, in a certain round to get a player you want, all you're doing is just offering a couple extra draft picks to a team. Yeah. Hmm. And it's all about finding the right trade partner. You might be trading with a team who doesn't like what they see at their current selection, so they're okay with moving back in the draft. So it's all about being on the phones in real time. And David Poyle might talk to a certain GM and say, hey, are you happy? be at pick number 13 and that GM might say I'm okay with moving back to pick 17 just give me an extra third round pick in 2023 and we'll we'll make this a deal yeah and then David Poyle and and then David Poyle moves up to pick number 13 and gets the player he wants so that's kind of what I'm talking about here yeah for sure I think it could happen I could see David Poyle doing that yeah I mean yeah, for sure. I, I, that's that that would be a good plan um, if he could pull that off somehow to just like move up some spots. Especially since he gained that extra fourth round pick mm-hmm. from the trade of Matthew Olivier. Yes. Uh, there, there's no guarantee that David Poyle wants to hold on to that pick. He might have gained that pick. It's what mm-hmm. they call draft capital. So you want to acquire draft capital. Because that capital, you can use that capital to make additional trades in the draft to move up. It's a chess game here. So he could end up using that extra fourth-round pick as part of a way to move up in the first round. For sure. So it's going to be really, really intriguing to watch to see what happens. Um, I haven't been this excited to watch a first round of the draft in a while, honestly, like I can't yeah. remember the last time I was this excited to watch the first round of the draft. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always fun, even if you know the predators and it, do. And it's gonna to be it's gonna be on ESPN too. So uh, we haven't seen the Preds or the NHL draft on ESPN in a long time. So oh no, yeah, uh, live. It's gonna be in uh, Montreal, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's very cool. And Montreal Canadiens, they're expected to take to take Shane Wright at number one overall. Yeah. But there's even some talks that even the number one pick might not be set in stone. Whereas in most drafts, previous drafts, mm-hmm. they almost always know without a shadow of a doubt who is the number one pick. But we don't yeah. know that for sure this year. But it, most people think it's going to be Shane Wright. Yeah, I watched a YouTube video of him too. That dude's a stud, man. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he's ready to go right now. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm I'm pretty confident that's who they'll take. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks. This is episode 136 of Catfish on Ice Podcast NHL Draft Special. Get you ready as we are just 48 hours away from the 2022 NHL Draft. And so we're uh, really getting into it. But uh, we've really got to talk about the big trade that the Preds made on Sunday to get Ryan McDonough, veteran defenseman from the Tampa Bay Lightning. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Rich, I was just like casually scrolling on my phone on Sunday, not really looking for anything in particular. Um, just, you know, doing one of those things where you're just like, you got some time to kill and you're just scrolling on your yep. phone. And it pops up like immediately on my timeline. And the first thing you do is you make sure it's not a troll account or some type of parody <laughs> account. And then I look at it and, okay, this is a reputable source here. The Preds just traded for Ryan McDonough, um, and they all they gave up was Fleet Myers and Grant Mismash, which was a second round pick in 2017. Uh, we lost another really good name, Rich Grant Mismash. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a great. <clears throat> that was one of the good ones, that's for sure. But I'm a little sad to lose I, I, that I'm okay awesome with name. It. Yeah, I'm okay with losing it. So. All right, well, so obviously it is a salary cap dump for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Um, they they have a really difficult salary cap situation that they're working towards, and so, so they were going to have to lose somebody that they mm-hmm. cared about, and so it ends up being uh, Ryan McDonough. And um, they get Fleet Myers, which it's a really weird cap situation with Myers and his contract. Basically, mm-hmm. they they basically they traded for Fleet Myers with the sole purpose yeah. to buy out his contract and mm-hmm. get a cap credit. Yep, it's really yep. crazy. It's insane how that how, works. How does that? You got to wonder how does that make Fleet Myers feel? Like, like you <sighs> traded you traded for yeah. me just to buy me out? Like, what am I like yeah. fodder? Am I just like, uh, like? Yeah, I. Yeah, I think it, I think they are. Unfortunately, I mean, that's just like that's a brutal a business, weird. man. That's a brutal way to yeah. get traded away from a team, you know. Well, but if you look at McDonough, that's like super brutal for that dude. I mean, like he, you know, he's two-time Stanley Cup champion, and you know, three or four days after you, you know, lost in the Stanley Cup final, they're like, well. We might have to move you. Is there somewhere you'd want to go or whatever? And like, you and know. hey, he he, wa- he waived his no move clause. Yeah, which yeah, I'm sure the Tampa the Tampa Bay Lightning probably pushed for that because they wanted to get this deal done. But yeah. um, that that's pretty interesting. He he he's saying all the right things as far as he's excited to play with Roman Yossi. He feels like the Predators are a legitimate team that can compete for a Stanley Cup. So Yeah, and a lot of people saw yeah. that 
quote, and they were like, "You sure? <laughs> are we are we watching the same team? <laughs> are we sure about that?" Yeah, but, but man, he definitely he definitely brings a lot to the table. So it's exciting just to see a dude of that caliber, you know, on the team. Even though he is what is he like thirty three years old? So, yeah. Like yeah, that. So, yeah, he's aging. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so here's here's what I take from this uh, this trade here. On the short term, totally benefits the Preds. It's it's a yeah. it's an instant upgrade to next year's team. You can't sure. argue that. You can't argue that at all. I know that he's got four years left at six point seven five million, and that, that makes us all a little you know a little scared about that. Like that kind of makes mm-hmm. you sit back a little bit and worry, but. Um, yeah. On the short term, the Preds have the cap space. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a totally manageable contract, and yep. all it re- all it really tells me is that David Poyle is in win now mode, and um, For we sure. can just go we can go ahead and throw all that rebuild stuff off to this off to the wayside because th- this is not the type of move that you make if you're in rebuild mm-hmm. mode. You don't trade. For a aging defenseman at six point seven five million, mm-hmm. if you're in rebuild mode, I mean you just don't do that. Uh, yeah, and, if you're in your right mind. His, uh, yeah, and his uh, his no move clause moves with him too, so it's that's still in effect too for him. So I read. So yeah, I mean that's like a that's like a that's like a big boy move by by their uh, David Poyle there for sure. So so what really, do we think? Uh, what so what do we think about the defensive pairings now? Because uh, I've seen no. all different types of opinions on it, he's definitely got to be a top four defenseman. Oh, you, sure. You're not trading for that type of player to play third third pairing minutes. So, mm-hmm. so you're looking at obviously Yossi Carrier, McDonough, Ekholm. That's what I'm thinking, honestly. I mean, that's uh, that's that, that's pretty strong right there. And then, uh, so then so <laughs> well, so McDonough's listed as a left defenseman, but it doesn't mean he can't play right. Right. But sure. uh, pref- preferably, I don't want to break up Yossi and Carrier. I'm just going to say right. it right now. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Th- First of all, I don't think that makes sense to pull a player off the top pairing like Carrier, who made the all rookie team, might I add. Yeah. Yeah, had a awesome great. Season. He had such an underrated, great rookie season. Not mm-hmm. not enough people talked about how great of a season Alexander Carrier had. For sure. So you're just going to yank him off the top pairing when he played so well with Yossi because you went out and traded for Ryan McDonough. I'm with you, Rich. I think McDonough fits better on the second pairing with Matthias Ekholm, mm-hmm. and then you got to figure out what you're going to do with Dante Fabro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that <clears throat> that you know one of two things he's either going to be playing with Jeremy Lazan on the third pair or they or he's going to get traded in a, a yet as unseen move by David Poyle. Yeah, I mean Don- talk about it, we've heard it. Dante Fabro is a trade piece now. Yeah, for sure. He he is uh, absolutely a trade piece. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, but also I could see it. Because yeah. he's actually your best trade piece if you look at the team right now. You're right. Yeah, you're real. Is. If you're looking at realistic trade pieces, of course we would all love to find a way to maybe trade off Ryan Johansson to get that contract off the books. But 
realistically speaking, mm-hmm. there's a lot right. there's there's a lot of teams out there who, who would love to have Dante Fabro, and they would sure. they would be all ears on trade discussions if you mm-hmm. throw Dante Fabro into the mix. Mm-hmm. And now that yeah. you have Ryan McDonough, you have a little bit more leverage to maybe trade away at Dante Fabro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if he goes, then I guess you're looking at Lazan Borvieski as your third pair. Yep. Hopefully Borvieski can stay healthy. And quit, you could also face with sticks and, I, and stuff like that. And I know that we've already talked about Matt Benning probably being gone, but mm-hmm. I'm just being completely hypothetical here. If they did trade Dante Fabro away then mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where they do re-sign Benning for another $1 million cheap contract. Mm-hmm. So then suddenly you have a little bit of a depth. You keep Benning around. No one, we, we all agree that Benning's a good enough player to be a rotational player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so sure. So if Fabro's out of the picture, you, you can maybe find a, a case to keep Benning on, on, mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that would be a good move because um, you know that him and Borbieski play well together. So so it's very – I mean, it, it seems mm-hmm. very – that's the biggest ripple effect I get from this trade is mm-hmm. Dante Fabro becomes expendable now. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, what did you say, though? That makes absolute sense. Like, he's the but best it, piece that you could move. But if they don't move him, then oh. <laughs> then you would think, yes, you're going to – I mean, that seems like a weird mix to me, though. Dante Fabro and Jeremy Lazan, and then you still got Mark Borowiecki on the books for another year. Do you really want to mm-hmm. – do you really want Mark Borowiecki riding the bench all the time? Like, seems like a waste. Yeah. Um, well, and also, that's kind of a little bit of a – downgrade position wise for Fabro because you know going down to the third pair because he's usually yeah you know with with Matias Ekholm or I think he moved up to the first he, a couple times he has yeah it, it's you've suddenly got a little <laughs> bit of a log jam here and it feels like Dante mm-hmm. Fabro is the odd man out right now so um yeah we'll have to yeah, wait and I see mean, I definitely don't think that David Poyle is done at all mm-hmm. like he he's gonna make more moves here uh, no. This is just the first domino here that's fallen. Of course, we saw Matthew Olivier traded away for an extra fourth-round pick. I thought that made sense. I mean, it's a very low-key. Yeah. It's a very low-key move. It's not a big deal. Um, it, that pick just comes to, comes down to the fact that there's not room on the roster for Matthew Olivier. Yeah, for sure. He had his, you know, he had his moment um, two years ago, and. You know he did he did good from time to time and had a few um, memorable moments with the team, but yeah, I just think there's just too many too many people can't keep them all. So it was a good yeah. hate to see him go, but you know it is what it is. Anytime you can add an extra draft pick to your arsenal, yeah, for for a player that's probably not going to play very many more min- mean, meaningful minutes for you in the future, yep. go ahead and take it. Get the yep. extra draft pick. Because as, as I said earlier, even if you don't keep that pick, you can use that pick to trade mm-hmm. for what you want later. Yep. It's just So um, I thought it was a good trade. Even though I do like Matthew Olivier, he gets traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that's a good landing spot for him, actually. I think mm-hmm. that uh, that's a type of team where maybe he can find fourth-line minutes 
and and get a little bit more playing time. So it could be it could end up being a really good trade for both sides. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So um all Au right. Au revoir, Matthew Olivier. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'll never forget that one. And you can you can look up the image all over the place. He he's probably had two or three fights where his battle scars, man. Oh. I mean, he he's just got blood like rolling down his face. That guy Dude. was a bulldog. Did you did you see the one when the fight where he was playing with the admirals, where he just like he just pounded this guy's face and like his visor, the the other player's visor, not Olivier, his visor was totally red. Yeah, like, on the, the dude, I mean, the dude is a he's a brute, man. But yep, yep. We need so, you to um, score too. You can we'll, be a brute, but you got to score as well. Well, we're we're gonna miss that for sure. But we we don't need we don't need more of that right now. We need no. more of the uh, no. the pizzazz and the fancy stuff. You know, the highlight reel type of stuff. Yeah, that's what we were talking about <laughs> earlier. Like the toward the end of the Lavillette era, you know, they tried to do that and they got beat up all the time. They were trying to be fast skaters and they got beat up. Now this time they're beating everybody up. You got to find a, we got to find a healthy balance here. We got to meet in the middle. Let's meet in the middle here. And then, and then we might have something going. And I think they're trying to do that right now. So, um, yeah. So I I really do feel like Ryan McDonald is going to be a big benefit to this team. Yeah. Let's not. I don't really want to think about the last two years of that contract because I feel like the Preds might get fleeced on those last two years. Mm-hmm. But let's think in the short term here. Going into next season, he absolutely makes the Predators a better team. For sure. Yep. A All good right. upgrade. We'll take let's, it. Let's throw some love to DraftKings, everybody. DraftKings, I, I need everyone to calm down and not be upset just because it's the NHL offseason. Yeah. Doesn't mean that DraftKings is going away and that there's not more offers for you to take advantage of. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all of your favorite sports. Rich, outside of hockey, what sport do you like to watch the most? Don't oh, say, don't, gosh. don't you say badminton. It's not badminton, and it's not the hot dog eating contest. Oh, did you watch that though? I, no, I did. I watched like a little clip of it where one of the guys, like, there was a protester, and he like, grabbed yeah. The dude by the so neck. yeah, that, that was uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Joey Chess, Joey yeah. Chestnut. You you address Joey Chestnut by name, sir. He's okay. not some guy. Joey Chestnut yeah. is the only athlete to ever win fifteen championships. In his own sport. Yes, they call him an athlete, Rich. Hey, man. I couldn't eat that many hot dogs. You know, it makes me, I didn't eat lunch that day when I watched it. After I got done watching it, it was time for lunch. And I said, you know what? I'm going to skip lunch today. Yeah, I think I'm good. Dunking. Mm. D- they literally dunk the dunk the hot dog buns into the water. They don't even eat them together. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Yeah. And then there was a, then there was a uh, contest where um, – Guys were drinking. Um, they were chugging like, lemonade. Yeah, a gallon of lemonade. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's like a whole league, actually. Uh, you can yeah. stream. You can stream it. It's the National Professional Eating League. They they do tacos. They do uh, oh. yogurt. Um, like the stuff they yogurt. eat is just, <laughs> like. T- I saw one guy. He set a record for the most tubs of yogurt eaten in like eight minutes. I'm like, how is this oh. possible? Yeah, but um, Joey Chestnut. Anyway, all right, so yeah. that's not your second favorite sport. What no, is your I don't second know. favorite? Man, that's a good question. Um, 
I mean, I like watching NFL. No, I don't, I don't follow it a lot, but I do. I like got you. So you're a, you're a one sport guy. You're just you're yeah, you're, really you're, like, you're you're very loyal to NHL. Yeah, yeah fair yeah, enough. I would say that. Too. Well, I'm kind of in baseball mode right now because there's not a lot oh, going right. on. So, um, you know, like I'll, I'll dabble in some baseball this time of year. I'll dabble in a little golf. You've still got National SC soccer going on, so I'll, I'll right. dabble in that. I'm kind of all over the place this time of year because um, until football season starts mm-hmm. and until the fall gets here, um, this is kind of my time of year where I like stream a lot of shows on like Netflix and stuff. But um, For sure. Be that as it may, there's still plenty of sports on that you need to get into with DraftKings Sportsbook, yep. as we just said. And right now, the offer is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo Jeez. code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for our details on getting gambling help and reaching out if you need any type of gambling help. We've got the information there for you to do that. What's really cool about this is you can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and much more. Plus, with same-game parlays and spreads, money lines, over-unders, props, it makes the betting very easy and so many different options. It's safe, secure, and reliable. You can pause it and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, yeah, plenty of sports out there yep. to get into with DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code THPN. No one be upset just because it's the NHL offseason. There's pl- still plenty out plenty there. Plenty of stuff out there. If you were watching yesterday on the July 4th, and we hope you won some money on Joey Chestnut eating 60-plus hot dogs in eight minutes. Oh, my gosh. that's Or ten up. minutes. Ten minutes, actually. Just ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. The world record is like seventy-eight hot dogs in ten minutes. I can eat like two hot dogs. That's about it. I can't even remember the last time I ate a hot dog, and I'm being dead serious. I mean, just uh, yeah, it's been a while for me but, too. But I always picture like DraftKings, like you go in their offices and like their bathrooms have like gold toilets in them or something. Like I'm sure you know what I mean. Like they just it's it's insane. Like they just they give you free money. Like it's they just do. free money to you. Yeah. So mm. if you're if you're not on there yet, you got to do it. Yep. They're giving you a risk free bet right now. So go do it. For sure. All right. Are we moving on? Because we got some comments to get L- to. Real yeah. Quick. Share some comments right now. So we got Mike. Mike Twitter. Any clue on the exact date of the schedule release? I can't wait. Want to plan a trip to Nashville? They released the preseason schedule. I did see that, and I'm a little bummed because there's yeah, only the, one game that I could go to. It's like on a Friday night. Yeah, they're playing the Florida teams again. They're playing two games against the Florida Panthers and two mm-hmm. games against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then yep. they're playing against SC Burn. Is that the name of the team? Oh yeah, that's uh, the international game. Yeah, that's uh, where um, Yossi's from. It's his uh, home home uh, city. Yeah, and no, that, no that's schedule. That's gonna be really yet. cool. It'd be cool. And then our buddy CJ. Well, real quick, let's answer the question real quick from okay. um, yes. from Mike the, Twitter. Yeah, Mike. So, uh, Mike, um, from what I understand, the NHL schedule will be released sometime in July. So, I would think probably in the next two to three weeks yeah. we'll get that schedule. And I really, really want to see the schedule too because mm-hmm. um, the one time the Predators will play at the Tampa Bay Lightning, I can promise you I will be there. I will be decked out in my Preds gear. 
Um, I will be a resident of that area at that point down in Tampa, St. Pete. And I can promise you, I don't even care if I go by myself. I will be down there in Preds gear, loud and proud. I want to know what date that is. That'd be a good game. Preds at Lightning in Tampa. I will be there. Ryan McDonough's first game back. I'll wear a oh, actually, I might get beat up for this, but I might wear a Ryan McDonough jersey. Oh man, to that game, you're gonna rile up the. I might need to get. I might need to. I might need to hire a bodyguard before I do that. Something, man. All right, they won't like that. They will not like that. What are they gonna do? You know, it's not his fault. All right, go to CJ's. Blame blame the people. Go to CJ's. Go to CJ's comment. Yep. Do you see the Preds going for any RFAs like Kempe, Line, or Dubois? Dubois. Jesper Pratt. Who are goal scorers? Do you see any teams in general making RFA splashes? Uh, I'm all for that. Good question. (laughs) Um, Well, I honestly, I don't see the Preds dabbling in, in any of those players. I'm not saying it's off the table, but um, here's the deal about the Preds. They've got a lot of um, they got a lot of leverage. They got a lot of spending power this year. Mm-hmm. We knew that yeah. going in. Even if Philip Forsberg is re-signed in the eight and a half million dollar range, they're still going to have a little bit of money to spend, like almost twelve million. Yeah, so they've got enough room to make two more big moves. If you include Philip Forsberg in that, yep, for sure. Here, now here's where it gets really, really interesting, and where I think the Preds could dabble in some of those players on the RFA market. If Philip Forsberg mm. decides to not come back, oh, don't say it. Well, then David Poyle's hand's going to be forced, and he's going to have to go hard in to another really, really big time player. He's gonna be for, he's gonna be forced to have to somehow replace <laughs> Philip Forsberg. And yeah, uh, maybe he does dabble in the RFA market at that point. Mm-hmm. Of those people that CJ mentioned, who who do you like out of those people? Uh probably Dubois. Dubois. Probably oh, Dubois. Dubois. Yeah. Pierre Luc. Yeah. But they're Matthew all good. They're all RFA. Yeah, I mean, they're all good players, though. I mean, uh, I don't, but I don't, I don't see them dabbling into that market too much unless Philip Forsberg's off the table. Yeah, for sure. Um, Good question. I've heard, though. I've, I've heard a lot of people say Patrick Line. They like him. No, him, but I don't know. I, I, I don't. He wears like weird clothes and glasses and stuff. That just no, I, seems strange. I don't well, know. I don't. I don't care what he wears. I just. Well, I do I, a little bit. It's kind of weird. I right? just. I just. Something scares me about going after some of these high-profile players that just mm-hmm. – I feel like you're swinging for the fences and you're probably not going to hit it out of the park, and then you're in trouble. And yeah, I think the Preds have to tread lightly in this offseason. You know, you can't have this knee-jerk reaction where you just want to, like, fix everything all at once in one offseason. Yeah, Because sure. then you, you really risk setting the franchise back two or three, four years – if it all blows up in your face this year. I don't feel like the Ryan McDonough trade, I don't feel like that's that type of move. I actually think it's a pretty good move, pretty solid move. Oh, I do too. I mean, I, I'm I'm totally all right with it. <coughs> I know but a lot of people were a little upset about the money, but I anyway. would ra- I would rather um 
I'd rather if they really want to make a big move, I I would rather them dabble in the trade market and mm-hmm. go back to the aforementioned um, Dante Fabro route. Yeah. Or there's plenty of free agents out there to look at on the mm-hmm. on on the UFA market right now. So I would I would go there, and we're going to talk about that next week a ton. Yeah. Um, on our free agency episode, but um. The, the two the two Canes players really have me interested. Trocheck and Niederreiter. Mm. Um, I mean, I, it doesn't have I, to be yeah. it, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster high end free agent for me necessarily, but it needs to be somebody who can play top six minutes mm-hmm. better than what Luke Cunning gave me. Hey man, I don't. That's not asking for that much. I don't. I hate to say this, but uh, Trocheck would be a really good fit in Nashville, I think. Like, I don't – I know, agree. I, the Carolina Hurricanes bug the crap out of me, but, like, you know, he, he's a good a good tough player. He's definitely a tough player. I think he fit would fit right in well with them. So so here's how I feel about the Predators right now and David Poyle. I'm going to use an, an analogy here, and I hope you like it. I do. I, I, it's going to be cool already, I can tell. David Poyle is basically the equivalent of if one of us got given a $1,000 Amazon gift card <laughs> and someone said, you can go on Amazon with this $1,000 gift card and you can get whatever you want. Wow. That's yeah. where David Poyle's at right now. He he can. Yeah. That's what he's seeing right now on this uh, in, in this whole landscape right now. Mm-hmm. When it comes to when you combine the draft class, I know that's not spending money necessarily, but when you look at all the intriguing draft prospects they can look at, yep. when you look at the RFA market that CJ just brought up, when you look at the trades that are available, when you mm-hmm. look at the UFA market, and you look at the money that David Poyle has to spend, he, I, you know, he's seeing it right now. He is shopping. He is yeah, for sure. shopping. Yep. I heard I read somewhere too that uh, Nashville's tax status—that's pretty desirable for these guys. I'm sure, too. it is. I'm sure. Like that's a thing, you know. When you make, you know, five million dollars a year. I don't know how David Poyle is getting sleep right now. He's probably sleeping like two hours a night because I, I mean know. I couldn't even. I think I thought I was busy every day with all the things I got going on. That dude yeah. probably doesn't have time to even yeah. take a shower right now. He's so yeah. busy. But um, you're like you're like I got to put. It takes sixty dollars to fill up my gas tank, seventy dollars, and this dude's playing with twenty-one million dollars. Yeah, yeah, quite the pressure. But I will tell <laughs> you, at this time in two weeks from now, Rich, this team's going to look a lot different. I think you're I right. feel it. I really feel it in my bones. I don't know how it's going to happen exactly, but it's coming. Something, hey man, something crazy is going to happen that's going to probably top the Ryan McDonough trade. Like it's going to be send shockwaves. I agree. He he said at the end of season thing we've mentioned we've mentioned it before. I didn't give John Hines the team to compete. That puts him on the clock to give John Hines a team that compete can compete. And getting Ryan McDonough was a good starting point. Now they just he just needs to finish it out. But I agree. I think I think it's going to be uh, something big. It better be anyway, or we're going to be really disappointed. Uh, we'll be okay. We always I'm come little, back, Rich, disappointed though. but we always come back, don't we? We do. All right, sure. but before we get to our two interviews to close out our draft special, we still have two really awesome interviews. One with oh, Ale- yeah. Alex McLean, associate editor of Dauber Hockey. <laughs> we talked about the top 
uh, targets for the Preds to go after in the first round. We talked about some other really good prospects in this draft class. Also, Alex gave us his expertise on how some of the recent draft picks by the Predators are tracking. Iroslav Askarov, Luke Evangelista, Philip Tomasino, Ryan Ufko. Um, all those players, Alex McLean gave us some really good thoughts on how those players are performing right now. So you want to stay tuned for that. And then our buddy Mason, uh, Blues fan reacts, our favorite Blues fan, or probably our only favorite Blues fan. Um, but he's pretty awesome. He joined us also to talk about Preds-Blues rivalry, what he thinks the Blues should do with their draft pick, the state of their franchise, the state of the Preds franchise. He's been diving into into some draft stuff lately, and he had some really, really good information as well. But before awesome. we get to that, we're going to have some fun like we always do. Oh, yeah. Fun things on the interwebs. I have three really good choices this week, Rich. They're and I've funny. seen two. I've seen two of them. Well, let me start with the one that you didn't see yet because okay. it kind of ties into what I just said about David Poyle having all this money to spend oh, and, actually, going, I did see it, and going to shopping. So there might be a lot of people who don't watch the NBA or, or they don't know who this guy is, but there's this guy named Brian Windhorst who basically made his career by following LeBron James. <laughs> um, and uh, since then, he's actually a, an NBA insider for ESPN – um, he's a pretty big deal. He's always the insider on all the NBA scoops and stuff. And there's this meme floating around where he's on TV and he's, he's, he's looking up and he's like thinking deep thought. He's pointing his fingers up in the air and someone put out a really good meme that's, <laughs> that said, my, my wife's going into target and said she only needs to grab one thing, dot, dot, dot. But she grabbed a, but she grabbed a cart. Why is that? Absolutely. And it really brings up a valid point about Target. Target changes people. Like when you sure. when you go to a Target, you might be in there for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got groceries now and stuff. So, Oh, have you ever been in a Super Target? Like, yeah, I have. <laughs> you can yeah. spend hours in those places. They're massive. Yeah. It's like a hopped up version of a Walmart. I am the type of person where if, if I grab a cart, then I'm literally going to leave with an extra hundred dollars worth of stuff that I probably (laughs) didn't need. Yeah. So I am a basket guy. I grab the basket when that basket's full, when that basket's full, it's time to check out. Yeah. The baskets, I would feel weird carrying a little basket though. It's just kind of strange. Well, I do the basket. Yeah. I've also been very guilty of going into the grocery store thinking I only need to grab a couple things, and mm-hmm. then suddenly I do need a couple other things, and I'm literally juggling everything in my two arms, and then I go to self-checkout, and I'm struggling to get all the stuff onto the little shelf to mm-hmm. check it all out. I've, I've been guilty of that, too. Yeah. You're like, I need some deodorant and some milk and maybe, like, I don't know, a car air freshener. Like, you can just get yeah. all that stuff. Well, yeah, Anything just, you want. it comes out of nowhere. All right. Anything I thought want. that was funny. That is All funny. right. Um, Rich, you're married, right? Yes, sir. You didn't almost set your wedding on fire, did you? I did not. Okay. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> wow. All I so, got to say is wow. So this has been, this video is so viral. I'm not, I can't even share who originally shared it because I really don't know, but 
this this guy, and I'm sure you, <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, just look up "guy almost sets wedding on fire" and it'll probably pop right up. Or just go to our Twitter account; we retweeted it. Yeah. But um, this guy is clearly having a good time at his wedding. He's probably had a few adult beverages. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that right now. Uh, maybe more than a few. And it looks like he has like sparklers or something in his hand, both yeah. hands. Yeah. And he's kind of dancing. And you see this coming from a mile away as soon as the video starts. But he kind of walks up to a, uh, it looks like a, uh, what type of a decoration was that? It was like dry grass or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Not but, a good idea, first off, but yeah. But his back, his back, his back is to this grass or whatever. It's like this little plant thing that's on this barrel decoration, mm-hmm. and the sparkler naturally hits this flammable grass. And it, a, a, yeah, a huge flame blows. Yes. The best part about a, about the video is this guy does not panic at all. Turns around, still dancing proceeds to literally throw both of his arms into this massive flame, somehow puts out the fire. I'm surprised that dude did not get catch extremely on fire. hurt. Yeah, and then and then all of his uh, all the patrons at the wedding are just looking at him like Yeah, yeah this happens every weekend with him. So when I saw it at first, like he was dancing with the sparkler and I was just like, okay what that's just some guy being weird at a wedding you know what i mean like it didn't look yeah. like it didn't look like the dude was like wasted and like is gonna stick his arm in a fire or anything so <laughs> when you sent me the video I, I i sent it back and i said he is wasted with a capital w and that is for sure because he was messed up yeah you're no like pain. You're, seriously, no pain. you're seriously like where is this leading to but i i figured it out pretty quick all right here's the next one this involves the state that I'm about to move to, so it's kind of perfect irony. Oh, Florida. <laughs> yeah, anytime you need a funny news story to read, just look up Florida yes. Man. It, the whole joke is type in Florida Man in a headline, and something funny will pop up. Absolutely. All right, so there's a news story floating around out there. You can look up this video from Coach Dugs at Coach Dugs on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also been shared a bunch. So this happened somewhere in the... Uh, Jacksonville area of Florida, Duval right. County. And uh, it was a neighbor dispute, Rich. Um, I've never really had a neighbor dispute. I've always had really good neighbors yeah, in my life. Either. But uh, but this is a real neighbor dispute here. So apparently this guy gets attacked by a rooster from mm-hmm. his neighbor. Which that's believable. And, and this guy uh, tells this story about <laughs> basically defending himself against this rooster the neighbor comes home to find his rooster dead in the ditch. And this guy, who is the offender who murdered this poor rooster, had to go to jail for this. He did go to jail. And on this on this news on this newsreel when the interviewing this guy, he says, Yeah, this guy called the chicken police on me. Yes. Which translates to animal control, but yes, chicken police will chicken work. police is all right. Chicken police will work in this situation. (laughs) And then he ends the newscast or the news interview by saying, chickens die every day at Popeye's, at churches, at KFC. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Florida. Right there. Chicken dispute. He said something like, he said it jumped up and was like grabbing my neck. (laughs) 
when he went like this, he was like, it's on my neck. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of on the side of the guy that, I mean, I love animals. I really do. But if a rooster attacks me, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to tell you. So, yeah, when I was younger, we lived in the country, and we actually did have chickens. And roosters are mean. They, they are. are. They are very territorial, and they will attack you. So, yeah, if it's me or a chicken, yeah, the, the thing's going to get – he said <laughs> – the guy said, I tried to kick it or something. Like, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. know. You got to go watch the video. It's hilarious. It's and it's I thought hilarious. it was fake. I thought – because a lot of times they'll put out um, – fake news stories that seem real but they're not real no this is 100 percent real so everyone yeah. needs to go watch it there it's, it's they were hilarious. actually the, the two guys were like arguing in the yard or like one was in the street they during the news the, story yeah they didn't play the audio of that but i'm sure it was probably pretty colorful that's probably why yeah. they didn't play it all so. right good stuff that's what makes florida, florida twitter, man that's what makes twitter being free like so awesome because mm-hmm. you get to watch stuff like that yeah but um all right good stuff Awesome. We are going to send you over now to our interview with Alex McLean of Dauber Prospects, Dauber Hockey, to talk about Preds draft targets on this NFL on NFL on this NFL. NHL. Well, we were talking NFL earlier we a little bit. Right. Yeah. NHL draft special, and then um, after that, Mason of Blues Fan Reacts is also going to talk about some draft coverage. So, two awesome interviews coming up right after this. This is Catfish and Ice, episode one thirty six. We will also see you next week for our free agency special episode, July 13th. On a Wednesday, July 13th, the day of free agency, we will be doing a special episode. I will be in a hotel somewhere in an undisclosed location. I have no secret bunker. Yeah, I'll be in a secret bunker somewhere. Maybe in Alabama. All right, everybody, enjoy the interviews. This is episode 136 of Catfish on Ice. And we're back. This is Catfish on Ice, episode 136, our NHL draft special of 2022. We've got a really outstanding guest joining us. We're really honored to have this person join us from Dauber Dauber Hockey. That is Alex McLean, who is associate editor for Dauber Hockey. How are you doing today, Alex? Doing well. Happy to be on. Should be a fun show. Yep. Uh, we are ready to bring you for you to bring us some knowledge today because um, there are so many good prospects out there, and Nashville Predators fans and our listeners really want to know what the Predators should do at the 17th pick. But before we do that, before we get all the way down the draft order when it comes to where the Preds are picking, really, really want to know uh, the top part of the draft class here is loaded with so many good players. Highlighted obviously by Shane Wright, and I, I just first of all I want to thank Dauber because they Dauber Hockey because they were really nice to send me a copy of their 2022 fantasy prospects report, which is I haven't been able to put it down. Like I've been so sucked into it. There's so much good information, over 200 pages of content that you need to go check out on Dauber Hockey right now. But um, I've been looking through all the prospects, and I want to I want to share what uh, what it says about Shane right here. That's really really interesting here. Likely a first line center who won't lead the league in points, but will do everything else, quote unquote, right. So uh, Alex, first of all, tell us about the top part of this draft class with Shane Wright and some of the other players. I know lately there's been talk of uh, Slavkovsky, 
usurping uh, Shane Wright as the number one. There's a couple of people that think uh, Cooley's a bit of a dark horse to go number one. And it really, it's up to Montreal who they think the top guy is. But uh, it, in my mind, it's still Shane Wright. He's the top guy in the class. He has the highest ceiling. He's able to do anything you need him to do. He can be your number one center. He can take defensive faceoffs, play on the power play, the penalty kill. And he's just such a smart player. He can play with whoever he needs to as well. Whether you have a bubble hockey team, whether you're trying to load up like Colorado, he can play with skilled wingers. He can play a bit more of a uh, down low, grinded out game. And he just has that ability to kind of change his game to thrive in whatever app, whatever situation he's brought into. And, and I think that's just impossible to pass up on as the uh, top guy. He he lost a big developmental year with the uh, COVID shutdown of the OHL. And, and I think that was partially why he didn't really show this year as well as we might have expected from somebody with exceptional status, from somebody who's expected to be the number one overall pick. And... The potential is still there. I think he just might be a little step slower in actually reaching it than uh, some people might want to see. Interesting, yeah. And this draft class, I mean, compared to the last couple draft classes, it's 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 a lot more unpredictable. I don't know if you agree, Alex, but I mean, the suspense is going to be very interesting on Thursday just to see. You know, I've been looking through so many mock drafts, and I know they're just mock drafts. But, um, I mean, it's all over the board. I mean, you see the same players in the top ten, but there's not really a consensus after Shane Wright as far as, you know, who's going to go number five, who's going to go number four. Uh, so I want to get your – before we get to more uh, what the Preds are going to do, I want to get your sense of how you feel about that, the unpredictability of this year's draft. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Chad. It's uh... – it, it does feel like there's a bit of a tier with the top five, with uh, the three forwards that we mentioned, plus uh, the top two D-men in uh, Simon Nemich and uh, David Juracek. But after that, uh, we could, yeah, we could see a forward, uh, whether it's uh, Gauthier or whether it's uh, Savoir or somebody sneak into the top five. But it does feel like those guys are the top five. And after that, it's wide open. I, I've seen some people say, yeah, we might see uh, Savoie slip down. We might see another three defensemen go in the top 10. No one really knows what's going to happen. There's there's yeah. just such a wide variety of opinions. There's Brad Lambert that some people think, oh, he's not even second round guy. And some wow. guys have him as the yeah. number three prospect in the draft. So it, it's I, I think it's also due to that. Uh, same COVID shutdown, it really messed with a lot of development patterns. It messed with how people were able to scout these prospects. And it, it's really kind of diverged the opinions on a lot of players. So yeah. we, we could see a few unexpected guys slip down to the middle of the first round uh, that we think, oh, they're definitely going in the top 10. But th there's a lot of players that we could uh, end up seeing go and sneak into the top 10 as well. So somebody has to fall. Yeah, it makes it, entertainment-wise, it makes it for a really good uh, viewing pleasure-wise. For for the fan, it's going to be a really fun draft to watch for sure. That's um, all right. Yeah, right? All right, so let's get to um, the Preds now, the National Predators. Uh, they're picking at number 17. Um, 
if they stick around, because I do know there's plenty of teams who are going to be interested in possibly trading up uh, to get the player they want if they have a player they really like and they don't want to take a chance on not getting that certain player, they might want to trade up. I'm going to ask you another question about that. But first, I want to get to if the Preds do stick at the 17th pick, which is kind of no man's land, like, you know, like a lot of people feel like you're too, you're not high enough to get a generational talent, but you're not that far back. You can still get a really good player. What what are like maybe two or three players that that if you were the Preds GM, you were like you would really be looking at realistically, like okay, I, we've got a good chance of taking this player. Yeah, and I, I think it's really tough, as we said, that to even know who's going in the top ten. So who's going to be there sitting at seventeen? It it could be any of those. So yeah. I, I know I mentioned uh, there's a lot of differing opinions on Brad Lambert. He's probably somebody that they've done their research on because if he's still on the board, then he might be the highest upside guy there. Maybe you take a look at that because after Philip Forsberg, and we don't even know if he's sticking around, mm. we're, we're lacking in uh, a bit of dynamism on the uh, at the top of the lineup. So there, there's definitely something uh, to that. I think if you're sticking with forward, then we're probably seeing Jonathan uh, Lekerimaki oh. going before that pick. But oh. either of the other two uh, of his Swedish line mates, I, I'm a big fan of. So both Liam uh, Ogren and Noah Osland, I, I think okay. they're realistic targets. I think they're just as good and possibly better than uh, Lekerimaki, who's more of a shooter. Mm-hmm. And their game is likely going to translate very well to the NHL. They're both smart players. They can both play off the puck. They can both play well with the puck. They they have skill with passing, and they're, they're just able to kind of take over a game in multiple ways. So I, I think those are a couple of forwards that uh, we might be looking at. Uh, on defense... Uh, just as one other option that I've looked at, and I'm kind of hoping slips to the Predators there, is uh, Denton Matejchuk. Okay. And I, I've heard the occasional uh, comparison to Roman Yossi, and Ooh. wouldn't we all love that? Don't get Predators fans all... <laughs> you're going to get them all crazy right now with that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, he does play a bit of a similar style of game where he's just a bit of a rover with the puck he's able to break he's able to break it out all by himself he's a smart guy he can play defense as he's uh kind of returning from the offensive end he's great with the puck on his stick he's able to be deceptive and just kind of knows what to do to be able to make and open up lanes to make a play so uh he he's somebody that i think uh would do well uh if the predators were able to get him I haven't heard that yet linked to the Predators, and I love it, though. I'm reading his scouting report right now from uh, Dauber, and it uh, just real quick, uh, a pure transitional ace, a good skater with exceptional puck skills and vision, especially on the rush. That sounds exactly like Roman Yossi. So, um, yeah, every Predators fan is going to say, where do I sign up for that one? Um, I will say, and I, I'm kind of on the same page as a lot of people, um, I'm not crazy about the Predators going defenseman. Obviously, if it's the best player on the board and it's a player you can't uh, deny, then that's mm-hmm. fine. But um, I really do want them to take advantage of 
all the uh, dynamic forwards and centers that are in this draft class in the first round. And I just feel like even if they stick at pick 17, there's going to be a really good player at forward or center that has a lot of upside. I'm seeing a lot of players who have versatility. They can play center or wing. And so uh, that has that. That's I feel like this team has to kind of turn the page on constantly swinging for the fences on defensemen, and they have to get faster. They have to start building speed in their prospect pool. And so uh, I really want to see them go forward or center, especially with this draft class. So I like a lot of the picks there. You just said. Uh, I kind of want to ask you, Alex. Again, we're being joined by Alex McLean of associate editor for Dauber Hockey. You need to go check out their 2022 Fantasy Prospects Report on on their website and go get that. It will give you all the information that you need on these prospects. It's really good content. We're really lucky to have Alex on tonight on Catfish on Ice, episode 136. All right, Alex, I want to ask you about the last couple draft classes the Predators have had and just kind of how some of these prospects are doing. I really feel like the Preds have had really good draft classes in the last three years particularly in the first round. Um, just mentioning some of the players, I have uh, Iroslav Askarov, of course, their goalie that's widely regarded as the top goalie prospect in the world right now. And then uh, Philip Tomasino got a lot of work this year in the league and, and really played well. You've got uh, Igor Afanasyev. You've got uh, you've got a lot of really good players in their prospect pool that um, Luke Evangelista had a great year. So I'm just really curious, do you think the Preds have had some pretty good uh, draft classes lately and just kind of how you feel about some of their current prospects that have already been drafted? Oh, 100%. I think they've uh, I think they've been well above average uh, in the draft over the last few years. They had uh, Eskarov drop into their laps at 11 uh, in 2020, and he was, at that point, by far the best guy on the board. I think that was... It was tough with having uh, UC Saros set up for the next number of years, having to take him at that spot, but he's just one of those guys that they couldn't let slip. And having too much of a good thing is still manageable because you can make trades, there can be injuries, and goalies do take a while to develop. So in another two, three, four, maybe five years, once uh, Ascaro is ready to take over, then uh, who knows where we are with UC Saros at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on defense, they're, they haven't used a lot of their uh, early picks on defense, and I think that's maybe why I'm a little bit more open to them using their first rounder on a defenseman this year. But uh, even with their uh, couple of mid-round picks, they've had a few guys who have jumped up and already looked like uh, solid plays. Uh, Luke Prokop's doing really well. He had a great mm-hmm. run in the Memorial Cup uh, as well, scoring a bunch of goals, which kind of caught me off guard. But uh, he's yeah. more of a guy who's solid in his own end and showing a bit of that uh, offensive output as well is a nice thing to see as he's kind of coming up in the yep. system. And another one on the back end who I'm a big fan of is uh, Ryan Ufko. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Scott yes, Morrow. We're, and... we're starting to hear his name around here in the prospect pool. Um, yeah. I don't know if you if you're uh, we have uh, on the future, uh, which covers the Preds prospects around here. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 they're part of SB Nation, and they 
Um, uh, Eric is his, Eric Denae is his name. He runs on the future and he covers all the Preds prospects. He does a really good job. He's been really high on Ufko and he's kind of like the next defenseman that's kind of in the pipeline right now that people are starting to get really excited about. Yeah, I'm on board with that for sure. I think, uh, I think he's actually going to be what people expected, uh, David Ference to be. I think uh, he, he's showing like he's one of the best uh, offensive defensemen in the NCAA right now. He's putting up uh, similar numbers to Scott Morrow and uh, Scott Perunovic, who are both uh, very highly regarded defensemen that are making their way up as well. So I, I think he was a steal in the fourth round. What about Luke Evangelista? That's what, I mean, the numbers yeah. he put, the numbers he put up last year was just like incredible stuff like video game type numbers mm-hmm. and uh i mean i know he's a couple years away from actually making the jump to the nhl but i mean because this 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 franchise and i'm sure you you already kind of know this but um it's really painful for predators fans like me who've followed the team basically since they were an expansion team um we've always had a hard time developing homegrown dynamic scoring mm-hmm. players. And we would look at a player like Luke Evangelista, who was taken in the second round in uh, 2020, I believe. And it's just, we, we can't wait to see him. And so for me, I want to keep building on that momentum and get another player like that this year in the first round. But you're really starting to change my mind on this whole defenseman thing you're talking about here. Because <laughs> you have a really valid point, Alex, about the fact that that well is starting to run dry a little bit in the prospect pool. Oh, so, you no, know, I'm thinking maybe they should go defenseman. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Preds do at the 17th pick. But I want to ask you one more thing. Do you think that a team like the Preds, it's maybe on the table that maybe they do draft up or trade up in the first round from the 17th pick? Do you think they're the type of team that could find benefit in that possibly? They, they really could, and if there's a, a guy that starts to slip down, as we were talking about, out of the uh, top 10 maybe, then they could move up to somewhere 10, 11, 12 and uh, be ready to jump on that. I, I think one thing to keep in mind, though, is they I, – I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they're missing their second rounder and maybe their third rounder this year, so there is a pretty big gap between their first they're, rounder and their next set of picks. They don't have a they don't have a second round pick. They mm-hmm. sent that for uh, they traded that to get Jeremy Lazan right. um, over yeah. over the season, but they do have two third round picks and they got a fourth they got an additional fourth round pick um, uh, by trading Matthew Olivier. So. Uh, just a couple weeks ago. So they right. do have a couple picks in rounds three and four. But, yeah, not having a second-round pick, that kind of hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, but uh, as we said, they have done pretty well in the middle rounds lately. So having that extra third, having that extra fourth, that does make a difference. And maybe that means they're a little bit more comfortable sitting where they are at 17 and just watching who drops. Mm-hmm. I, I think the tier there, if you're going to move up, I think you kind of do have to get one of your – top eight top 10 guys otherwise the tier really starts to open up and you're yeah. best either dropping down a few slots or just sitting where you are at 17 because uh it, it really does drop down mm-hmm. and i think uh that was something they did really well with uh in 2020 as you mentioned with uh, luke evangelista he slipped to the second round and uh 
I, I know for my fantasy teams, he was somebody that I was uh, going to be targeting even before the draft, even before I saw he went to Nashville. And uh, he's done nothing but score goals since, and it's been yeah. really fun to watch. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I'm excited for Evangelista. I think he's somebody that we can uh, expect to get a year or two in the AHL before he's really ready to make a contribution on the roster, but uh, he's not too far off at this point. And, yeah, he's going to make a, a good addition to that uh, top six on the wing. So, yeah, it, it's it's an option to stand pat for sure. In uh, 2021, though, they did make a couple of moves, and uh, they ended up having those uh, two first-round picks, the first one they used on uh, Svechkov and the second one on Lura. So, they do have a history there of uh, making a few moves, so it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't really surprise me uh, if David Blue yeah had, uh, something up his sleeve to exactly yeah that's happen. that's kind of that's kind of what I was alluding to. I mean, David Poyle's been doing this for a long time, almost as long as I've been on this earth. So Coming up on um, twenty five years, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me either if he decides to um, pull something crazy off. Maybe he even uses that fourth round pick he got to uh, offer a trade package. I don't know. I, I could see him maybe moving up if he has a certain prospect that he is just zeroed in on that he really wants. It's hard to say, but that's what makes the draft so fun. Okay, we've been joined by Alex McLean of Dauber Hockey, associate editor, covers all this stuff, gave us some great content tonight. Before we let you go, I just kind of want to ask you, I always like to ask all my guests this because it always fascinates me. I'm always interested to in, know. What got you into what you do? How did you get joined in with Dauber, which is such a great website? It's my go-to. I love it so much. The work y'all do is so amazing. How did you get associated with them? How did you get into uh, doing uh, scouting and looking at all this uh, stuff? Like, like, just tell us about that. Yeah, I, I ended up uh, in university taking up a lot of my spare time just watching hockey, diving into numbers, doing all of that, and it got me into fantasy hockey and spending a lot of my extra time there. So I, I ended up, uh, I think at one point I was in about 12 or 14 fantasy leagues at the same time. Oh, wow. A little insane. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. down to four at this point, which is a lot more manageable. But uh, I, I ended up actually joining the Dauber Hockey Forums. He has his own uh, fantasy hockey forum, and I was uh, a pretty active member there. And when they had a, an opening for the capped column, which was uh, kind of salary cap league focused, I tossed my name in the hat. Had never actually played in a salary cap hockey league at that point, but said, you know what, sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. Got that uh, position and said, okay, I need to join a salary cap league to be able to actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, had two going at that point and started there, worked on that for. I think about four years I was putting out a weekly article there and then uh, moved up when Cam Robinson uh, left Dauber Hockey and uh, ended up taking over his slot. So, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun uh, working with the team. It's a great spot, a lot of knowledgeable people, and yeah. especially on the Dauber Prospects side, uh, working with them, they, they put in a ton of time just watching video and uh getting everything ready that they do keeping all the notes uh intact i, I don't know what i do without uh that whole website so yeah 
I mean, it's I, I, I try to tell people who maybe don't watch hockey very closely, and I know we're probably biased because we're mm-hmm. hockey fans, but and I'm not taking anything away from the other major sports and the scouts that do that work either because they work hard as well. But with hockey, you've got so many international leagues and so many different leagues, and it's just the work that the scouts do uh, to put the content out there for people, ordinary people like me, to uh, take it in and read it and talk about it. It's just, it's amazing. So, Alex, it's been so much fun having you join us tonight on Catfish on Ice to get us ready for the 2022 NHL Draft, which is this Thursday, just two days away. Um, It's been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chad. It was a good chat. I enjoyed it. And go follow Alex at Alex D. McLean on Twitter. To get all of his good stuff, go follow Dauber Hockey, Dauber Prospects, all that good stuff. You won't be mad that you did that. You should be already doing it by now if you're not already. But thanks, everybody. This is episode 136 of Catfish on Ice Podcast, NHL Draft Special. And we're back here. It's Catfish on Ice, episode 136, the 2022 NHL Draft special episode of Catfish on Ice. We've got our guy Mason from Blues Fan Reacts back on the podcast. By popular demand, we brought him back. Oh, of course. You know, it's funny because uh, episode 136, the number I wore for about 90% of my playing career was 36. 90%. What was the other 10%? 11 Oh, okay. Well, we knew that. 136, episode 136, draft special. We uh, just chatted on Twitter just recently, you talking about your draft rankings, and within a couple hours, we decided, you know what? Mason is going to come on Catfish on Ice for an encore. You were on the last time, and you were awesome. All of our listeners loved you. It was a great time. He Aww. is a St. Louis Blues fan, but everyone Aww. forgive him, for he does not know. <laughs> forgive him, for he does not know better. <laughs> it's true. I don't. There's no denial here. I hate it here. Oh, it's all good, though, because guess what? We both lost to the same damn good team. <sighs> Frankly, your team played a lot better, put up a lot better fight. At least you won a couple games, but... Yeah. We both share some misery there, at least. It couldn't have been anybody. It could have been McCarr. It could have been McKinnon. It could have been Landeskog. No, it's Darren freaking Helm is the person yeah. who puts the dagger. That sucks. That well, you know sucks. What? Mason, I don't know if you can see in the video here, but I am wearing, because I'm so petty, I'm wearing our 2017 <laughs> Conference Championship hat, which is so lame. It's so lame. But I found this in the closet a couple days ago, and I forgot I even had this hat. And you know what? I'm like, that That reminds me of a really good time of being a Predators fan. So I'm wearing the hat tonight. I don't care. Oh, 2017 yeah. Conference who, I wonder who you beat in the second round to get there. Well, that's kind of – I guess I'm kind of wearing this hat to troll you a little bit, Mason. I I'm understand. so sorry. No, it's that, okay. But... No, it's okay. The Blues troll try- me daily. You're fine. I'm trying to be a gracious host here, and I guess I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> but it's okay. All right. Episode All right. 136 here. We're about to get into some draft coverage here. Talk about some prospects. Talk about it. The draft is less than two weeks away, and that is why wow. we're having a draft special here. The Preds are picking at number 17. Where are the St. Louis Blues picking again, Mason? Blues are picking at 23 this year. Ooh, no man's land. 
Eh, it's all right. We got Jake Neighbors of 24 two years ago, and he's going to be a very good player for us. So You can always find good players deep in the first round, into the second round, into the third round. It's not a perfect science. We know this. I've always said that the NHL draft is a less of a perfect science than in any other sport. I don't know if you agree with me. but No, absolutely. You can find diamonds in the rough everywhere in the draft. Just think about – from the Preds' perspective, they found Pecorine in the seventh round, and he wow. ended up being—he ended up being their franchise cornerstone. So, I mean, yep, yeah. Lundqvist was there as well. There's a lot of you know every single draft. As my uh, lovely, lovely YouTuber uh, co-host likes to say, not co-host, but person I watch all the time, Steve Dangle. It's all magic beans. Every uh, single bit of the Steve draft, too. it good. is all magic beans. You know, so hey, real quick, Mason, tell. Happen. Real quick, Mason, tell everyone how they can find your YouTube channel because it's freaking awesome. I love it. My YouTube channel is dead, but it is Blues Fan React. Uh, but my uh, Twitter is very much alive. That is also at Blues Fan React. Uh, every follow is appreciated. I love your stuff, man. During hockey season, I love following all of your tweets during the hockey season. So everyone go hey, give Mason very much. a follow. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and get this ball rolling here as far as the uh, 2022 NHL draft. One thing I'm really starting to realize here is this draft class is loaded with a lot of talent, more so than a couple of the previous draft classes that we've looked at. Um, Of course, there's better scouting reports out there because we're finally getting back to a little bit of normalcy as far as all of these other leagues getting to play normal seasons it made. The last couple of drafts, very difficult to know who you're drafting and scouting because um, you just didn't get full seasons for these prospects, unfortunately. They didn't get to play. Their seasons got cut short. They didn't get to play, so there was less tape for these scouts to look at. So what are you thinking, Mason? Let's just, generally speaking, to open this up, what are you thinking about this draft class? I'm seeing a lot of really good offensive talent, a lot of good centers, a lot of a lot of good wingers out there. Absolutely. No, when I'm looking at it, it's a lot of offensive depth, which, you know, normally with drafts, you know, it's pretty mixed. You know, you'll get about 60% defensively minded, 40% up offensively minded. This draft, just looking at, you know, the statistics of especially the top 20 in just North America, you're looking at players that are having 70, 80, 90 point seasons in their respective leagues, which is something that is just unheard of. Uh, But when I look at the whole draft, you know, kind of as a whole, You'll notice that you'll notice two big things. The first thing is that, yeah, there's Shane Wright, obviously, at Mm -hmm. the top. You know, he's the generational talent everybody wants. But uh, beyond that, when you're looking at the second overall pick, normally there's like two or three guys that usually you can make a case for getting that. There are like seven or eight guys in this draft that you can look at and say, you know, he could realistically go second overall. You know, it really just depends. You know, I don't even I think it's Arizona picking second this year. Um, I, you know, based on what they need, you know, which is defense, a lot of those guys aren't on defense. A lot of those guys are centers and wingers. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of options that, you know, every team. I'm actually know, seeing uh, New Jersey's picking second overall, but they're New Jersey. New Jersey's oh, really? picking second. I've read a lot of articles out there that they are shopping that pick and they're willing to um, fascinating. Trade. They're willing to trade that pick for a, big time free agent or a player that's on the trade block right now. Apparently New Jersey feels like they're just one or two pieces away from competing next year. So maybe they're willing to deal off that second pick, but Arizona's picking number three. 
There so, we go. Okay, um, I knew it was one of the two. It was yeah, two you're good. Respectively. So yeah, let's just then the uh, the second thing. Quick, the second thing run... that I'm noticing about this draft is um, the goaltending is practically mm-hmm. non-existent. You know, I normally in too. drafts prior, there's, you know, one or two names that you can see realistically going in either the first year. I mean, last year you had Jesper Wallstadt. The year before you had Spencer Knight, you know. Um, there's usually those one or two goaltenders that really stand out and can realistically be going in the, you know, the first two rounds or so. This time, the the best goaltender prospect that you got um he, he's not projected until like the fourth or fifth round wow you know so it yeah. is very very interesting to see how this is gonna go uh and you might find those diamonds in the rough in the later rounds you know like you did with rene or longquist sure. you, know, you just never know you never know yeah the top 10 right now it looks like current draft orders uh the canadians the devils coyotes kraken flyers blue jackets Senators, Red Wings, Sabres, Ducks. That's your top 10 right now. Um, so I'm looking over your list of, of prospects here. I'm looking at the North American skaters. You just brought up Shane Wright. Um, give us kind of the overall outlook on Shane Wright and how special of a player he's going to be. Do you think he's for sure number one overall pick? Oh, 100%. Unless, yeah. unless like Montreal, I mean, there was a case uh, for the uh, for the top European skater. His name is uh, Yuri Slavovsky. There is a case. There used to be a case where he could go number one overall. But Shane Wright, ninety four point season. That's insane. You know, I you, don't care what league you, you're playing in. Exactly. Points. You know, plus he already the other edge that he has is that he's already in the North American game, and everybody knows the North American game is way different than the european game you know so you do have to keep that into consideration and just for that edge alone i think shane wright's got the edge even if they had practically you know equal stats um but what isn't there to like about shane wright you know he's already got numerous habits that you know are already on the pro level he's got good quick touches he doesn't try to do too much he's a very simple he's he simplifies the game in a way that you'll see crosby do in a way that Ooh. you'll see McDavid, he just simplifies, he slows down the game. And when you have a player like that, that's something you cannot teach, you know? So yep. when you have that kind of untouchable talent, that's a big thing. He makes smart decisions. He's very good with his passes, methodical touches, awareness, short possessions. He's an excellent puck distributor and a very good play driver. These, this guy is just insane he's the primary puck carrier on any line that you put him on he you know just like a mcdavid you know uh he's had comparisons at the nhl level to like patrice bergeron if that tells you anything that's how that's good kind of yeah that's that's pretty good (laughs) that's pretty good yeah um he's got an absolutely lethal shot he's whichever team you know if if new if uh montreal drafts him he's automatically on the power play number one automatically right out of the gate yeah He's got an absolutely lethal shot. He's How crazy is it? What threat. kind of world? What kind of what kind of crazy world do we live in that the Canadians were in the Stanley Cup and in the following season <laughs> they uh, they're drafting number one overall for a, for a crazy good talented prospect like Shane Wright. I know that's that's absolutely nuts. But you got to think back to Ottawa in 2017 as well. They were one goal away from the Stanley Cup and then we're dead uh, last. Year next why year. do you got to bring that up, man? So. If hey, Ottawa, if, if Ottawa dude, if Ottawa <laughs> makes the Stanley Cup that year and it's not Pittsburgh, the Preds win a Stanley Cup. Change my mind. 
change no, my mind. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I think Carlson wins the con Smythe before any that predators per- does. No, but that, that, yeah, I think it I think Brunette that Preds team would, would have beaten Ottawa. That Preds team would have beaten oh, yeah. Ottawa. They took that probably hey, would have been in five, if I'm being they, honest. They took the Penguins to six games, and that game six was 0-0 going into the final 60 seconds of regulation. It nearly went game seven. We're talking about a Penguins It team. did go to seven. No, 2017, it went only game, yep. it, went, it only went six games. Nope, Preds it was game seven, my friend. What? I remember I remember it because it was my dad's very first game seven Preds, that he ever watched. Pre- come on, Mason. You're arguing with the Preds fan. That did not go seven games. The Stanley oh, Cup no, no, no. I thought you were talking about Ottawa Pre- uh, Ottawa Penguins. Oh, sorry. no, no, my no. no. That went to overtime. That game seven yes, went to overtime. that one went to overtime. We were all yes. watching no, it. No, you're right. Because we, because Preds bad. fans did not want to play the Penguins. We did not want any part of them. No, I was talking about how the Preds took game gotcha, six. Yes, I missed that. Last, my apologies. I'm stupid. Second. Please bear in mind. You're totally fine. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, we would have definitely hoisted the cup if Absolutely. not for if Ottawa would have figured out a way to beat the Penguins. That's besides the point. I'm bitter right now. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Um, nope. I, nope. I am totally with you. Predators would have probably. I bet that would have gone to five maximum, maybe six. So let but. me let me talk about first of all because I want to get your perspective from an outsider looking in because you're obviously not a Preds fan. But for sure. Um. Just thinking about it, I feel like the Preds are in a position where they need to actually trade up to get one of these because they're at pick number 17. And I'm not saying they can't get a really good player there. I'm going to ask you a two-part question here, Mason. Sure. First part of the question is, do you think the Preds should think about possibly trading up for not for like Shane Wright, obviously, but like getting the top, maybe to get in the top five and maybe list some players they could trade for or trade up for to get in the top five and then maybe give me a couple players you think they would take if they stick around at number 17 um so the first part of that obviously it's at for any team it's usually a good idea to trade up especially you know when you're getting into the nitty-gritty of the draft floor you know going up a couple spots in the draft isn't going to cost you much you know, you could probably package your you do you have two third round picks this year. So you can probably package your first and one of those thirds to move up three or four spots. You probably could. I, I yeah. wouldn't say I, I I can't see why that wouldn't be the case. And it would be worth it, I reckon, you know, because there are a lot of like I said, the top ten in this draft or even the top 15 is one of the best that we've ever seen. And that's not just because, you know, last year we couldn't scout that kind of thing. You know, it's because it's genuinely a talented, you know, top 15 in this, in this, uh, you know, draft, all sorts of positions that you can choose. Um, But if you're looking at, you know, 17th overall, there are a lot of really intriguing uh, prospects. I actually have two of them that I think would fit you guys really well. So they're both right wingers. One of them is North American. (laughs) <laughs> they're both right wingers one of them is north american the other one is european so the first one we're going to talk about is jimmy snuggerud which is my favorite name like <laughs> of this entire draft i love that uh he's a powerful winger there's not a lot on it there is a lot on him but you know everybody knows about him so it all really the main thing his main asset is he's a powerful winger he's got a great release he creates space for his teammates he's got intelligent roots and a very strong center lane drive when he's rushing the puck he's that kind of player if you miss mike fisher he's going to be that replacement he's a big you know, dude six one one eighty very 
He is a big guy. He's dense and he can hold his own and he's very physical on the half boards. So that's somebody, if you're going to do that, that's something you should really take a look at if you're going to draft up because some people have him being taken in the top 15. And I think I'm included in that conversation. If you're looking for someone a little bit later on, also a right wing. I know you love that. Uh, This man is named Jonathan Lekaramaki. Bless me. It's you pronounce I, I those hate, names so well, though, man. You're so good at I this. hate those Swedish names with a passion. I took German class, which is the only way I'll survive this draft. Likaramaki. Um, anyway. Um, hey, we like our Swedes here. We like our Swedish players here in Nashville. Absolutely. So this is another offensively minded guy. He doesn't have much of a two way game. A lot of uh, a few scouting uh, places say that he does, but I've looked at some of his games and I, I don't really see a lot of that aspect. What I do see is his playmaking. So I'm not going to give him like Shane Wright comparisons, but he does have that ability, you know, to simplify the game, slow the game around him. You know, he positions his body. He uses it. He's a big guy as well uh this guy i believe if i look at him uh or never mind he's 5 10 171 i was looking at the guy after him but still he's still a dense guy you know he uses his body very effectively he's a lot like tory krug in that aspect if if you ask me you know he you you know he's small but you wouldn't know it um, you know, he generates space for the attacker. He loves using the boards. He absolutely loves it because it provide it allows him an opportunity to either get a slot pass behind the net. It allows him to slow the game down if you need him in a clutch situation. Makes him very effective on the PK, which is a big thing. You know, uh, he doesn't bobble like possession. He's a very good four checker. Um, he's got a good shot, excellent stick handling, uh, and he's got a great good stride extension length. So that he can go for loose pucks, you know, you'll you'll have a puck that misses, you know, somebody passes it to him, it's gonna miss him by five feet. Defender's in a good position to pick it off. He's gonna get the puck anyway. You know, yeah. that's how quick this guy is. He's got excellent angles and has got a good first stride. You know, he's got a good hip check, which he uses in the corner practically all the time. You know, on most yeah. of his goals, it all starts with him taking possession in his own zone right he's going to skate it up he's going to pass it off to his winger he's going to generate a chance up the rush he's going to use the center of the ice to his advantage and then when the player dumps it behind the opposing player's net he's going to get behind it and he's going to cram that puck into the boards you know he's just really good at slowing the game down in that aspect so that's one of my favorite things about him if the blues can get this guy i would love it but he's going to go before the blues get a chance so what you're saying is we need to steal this guy from you, from you guys. We need to, we need to, it probably we, won't be a steal, but yes, you, if, if right, he's on the mark, enough. if he's on the board, the predators, he'd fit so well with the predators. He really I just, would. I, I, I'm kind of 50, 50 on what I think the Preds should do in the first round. I do really want to see them trade up and be aggressive. Uh, their prospect pool has gotten a lot better over the last few years. They've actually drafted very, very well recently, in my opinion, but this is a real – they're at a crossroads right now for what's going to happen for the for the next five years, in my opinion. This offseason is just so huge for them with uh, questions about their front office with uh, David Poyle and with this Phil Forsberg nonsense going on. And then you've got um, – they barely make the playoffs. They get swept by the Colorado Avalanche. Okay, 
we'll we'll give you a a pass on that one for running into the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, a lot of people didn't even <laughs> think they were going to make the playoffs to begin with, so that's fair enough. But this team it really has an identity crisis right now. Are they rebuilding? Are they not? Where are they going to go? Are they going to keep hovering around in mediocrity and averageness? And so they've got to be aggressive here. And if they're ever going to get over that hump, they're going to have to make some moves in free agency. But when it comes to this draft, that I, I think they got to they got to deal and they got to they got to try to move up and get one of these uh, very highly talented um, offensive players that you're talking about here. They got to get one of these players. Um, I really don't want to see him go defenseman at all. But they might. It wouldn't surprise me with David Boyle. I, agree. They, I don't they, think you need defensemen. They tend to lean. You got a lot of nineteen and twenties. You got yeah. a lot of nineteen and twenty year old defensemen in your system. I'm looking at your cap friendly right now. Yeah. yeah, I don't see why. I I'm betting like three three or four of those guys are gonna at least be on your you know third mm-hmm. or second pair. So yeah. yeah, I think you guys are good on that. But that allows you you know more flexibility with the you know forward and center depth. So you never and, know. and very likely whoever they draft this year. I mean, unless they really trade up and get really high in the draft. Whoever they draft this year, they're not going to immediately come in in next season anyway. It's still going to be right, a, right. A, a gradual thing. But they're like I said, their prospect pool has gotten really good. But I want to shift the focus to the St. Louis Blues because <laughs> you do cover the St. Louis Blues. They're in the division. They are a rival of ours. And I always like to know what the competition is doing. How are you feeling about the St. Louis Blues after losing um, very admirably, I might say? You, you took the abs to six games. I'm not being sarcastic here. I mean, you probably played them better than any other team in the in in the playoffs, including the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought you guys really played the abs as well as you could. Um, but what do you think? Where are the Blues in this draft? What do you think their philosophy should be? Um, what what do you what do you name some players you want them to draft? Uh, that kind of thing. I would love to see them draft in the uh, I'd love to see them draft a defenseman in the first round, uh, first and foremost, just because we don't got a lot of that depth uh, in the back. Uh, Our closest will be Scott Peronovich and, you know, he'll be a, you know, NHL full timer next year, hopefully. So, uh, well, not hopefully he'll definitely be because he doesn't really have a choice. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, that's that's the big thing. You know, I want to make sure that our defense is bolster our offense that you got to understand last season was the Blues best offense in decades. It it really was. It was so deep. It better than 2019. Good. It's very deep, you know. There was so much. It's what it came down to against the Avalanche is that one. There were uh, Bushnevich and Barbashev weren't uh, scoring when they probably should have, but that's all right. You know, they had excellent regular seasons. I'm not harping on that too much because if you really think about it, the Blues. One of the games that the Avs won was in overtime. So you win that game, you're automatically up three two, and then we were five seconds away from taking them to seven, regardless. Yep. Five seconds away. I'd say that's series. pretty dang gold. That was a closer series, I think, than a lot of people think it was, you know. Yeah, and I'm proud so of the Blues for that. So uh the Blues Cup window is definitely not closed. I reckon I think that you know, next year is gonna be their big year. After that, it's a massive question mark, you know, because you got five or six big guys who are, you know, going on expiring deals. Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Kairou Thomas, all of those guys have expiring deals the following season, you know. So you got to make sure that you're gearing up now so you got those young players automatically in 
to be ready for that. So I think defense is by far the number one concern right now. I'm really liking a guy named uh, Ryan Chesley. So he's six foot one ninety five. So he's another dense guy on the back. Um, but you know, he adds a little bit of everything to the game. He's a right-handed shot, which obviously is a, well, that's a, that's a premium in the NHL right now. I'd say sure is. Um, uh, you know, he, he was in more of a shutdown role, which is what the blues need. Cause our really our big shutdown guy is Colton Pareko. He's getting up there in age and he's injured too. You know, he's had that back injury that's been bugging him for two years now. And then Robert mm. Bortuzzo, and that's practically it for us, you know. So wow. having a shutdown guy is going to be big, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's also got, he, he does have a high end offensive game uh, with the U, U17 team. So he's on the national development program. And then next year, he's going to be playing for University of Minnesota. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can showcase more of those offensive skills then. Um, but that's the guy that I'm really looking at right now. I think he would be an excellent addition to the Blues blue line. I think he can be ready in a year. So there you go. That's good stuff. All right. Well, we're, uh, it's Mason, a blues, uh, blues fan reacts on Twitter. Go check him out. Covers the blues, puts out really funny takes about the blues. Anytime the blues, <laughs> uh, anytime the blues have a really bad loss, I go right to your Twitter to see what you're saying, man. <laughs> Oh, it's fun <laughs> because you put out good stuff, man. You it's don't funny. That's it, why. I love it. It's funny. All oh, that I gets me it. in trouble though sometimes too. But I don't uh, care. people like that stuff. People appreciate the honesty. All right. <laughs> um. So we kind of covered the draft a little bit here, but uh, we both lost to the same team in the playoffs. Let's let's kind of do a state of the franchise for both of our teams. I'll do mine with the Preds, and then we can go to yours. You already kind of hinted at it. You're saying the Blues Stanley Cup window is um, still open for maybe one more year. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to the Preds, I really wish that they would just pick a road and go down it instead of like trying <laughs> to go down both roads at the same time. They want to say they're rebuilding, but they also want to, you know – still say that they're competitive and then I almost think it made it worse that they made the playoffs and then they've got this excuse. Oh, well we got swept by the abs. So there's no harm, no foul. You know, I just, I don't know what this team wants. I don't know what their vision is. I don't know what they want. They can't get Philip Forsberg resigned, but free agency is going to be very interesting because the Preds have a ton of money to spend. They have so much cap room to spend. Even if they get, even if they resign Philip Forsberg, they're still going to have money lying around to sign another big free agent. So I, you've got some really interesting trade options out there, possibly. Uh, uh, our GM might decide to go all in on that as well. I just don't know. I think the Preds are going to be major, majorly active in this offseason uh, to try to upgrade what they did last season. What do you think, though, Mason, about the Blues? Do you think that they're – pretty much set with their roster what's their cap situation looking like all that good stuff this year yeah i'd say the blues are in a pretty good spot there's not a whole lot of ufas that are absolutely crucial 
to get re-signed. Uh, the Blues have $9 million in cap space currently, and obviously you don't want to sign the players that do need new contracts to big deals because you don't want to screw yourselves in two years, right? So you got to be very careful with those. I'm going to say Nick Letty's gone. He was a great asset for us, but getting him to a multi-year deal at a cap hit that's been estimated at 4 to $5 million is way too much, and it's money that the Blues can spend should spend can and should spend you know somewhere else mm. um so the two big ones right now are david perron which is an absolute must sign uh you know this guy has been with your team in three separate occasions he's gotten you that stanley cup he's been a very good depth asset and you know despite being 34 years old he's still contributing he's oh, still sure, yeah. so good and he's got a market value of some projections say he's got a market value of seven million dollars, you know. Mm. And the report is that David, I mean, David Perron wants to be back. Uh, the police have shown interest that they want him back as well. I think a three by four will do it, uh, yeah, three year, four him. million each. I think that'll get the deal done, and that yeah, would be an I excellent so deal. Too. Yeah, uh, the sure. other big one is Vili Huso. So, Vili Huso is uh, a UFA, this is his first year of UFA. Um, there have been reports that team that okay. So the first thing is that the Blues have expressed interest in wanting him back, and Huso has expressed interest uh, in coming back, which is a big shocker to me. Yeah, I, would I think, thought for sure that Huso would, would test the open market yeah, because sure. he could go to Edmonton and get a three-year, five million dollars. You deal. literally just stole the words out of Easily. my mouth. I'm, I'm thinking that there's so many options that there's so many goalie stricken yeah. teams out there that would love to have uh, Huso. Who had a outstanding year? Absolutely. I mean, no, he, he, he can make he arguments. He can make arguments because I'm not so sure about Jordan Bennington, man. I'm not. We actually talked about it on Catfish on Ice mm-hmm. in the last episode. I don't know how it even got brought up, but we <laughs> were talking about it. And um, yeah. oh yeah, we did. Yeah. We did our. We did our way too soon top ten for next season. We ranked oh, all the, <laughs> ranked our top ten NHL teams, and two there of my go. co-hosts had the blues in the top 10, but I actually did not. I'm sorry, Mason. Mm-hmm. No, that's okay. I had him. I think I had him around 11 or 12, but we only did a top 10 and I had them. I don't think I put them in my top 10 and it, I cited that. I'm just not so sure about Jordan Bennington, but I do like Huso. And if you keep Huso, well, I don't know. Yeah. Bennington. The only thing about Bennington is he's got a no trade clause. He's got five years left. You can't, you can't get rid of him if you wanted to. No, I'm you not. Know. Yeah, but it's unfortunate. I, I, I'm very. I would be very surprised though if Huso does. I got faith in him. I got faith in Bennington. I I did not like the extension, uh, and I think that's pretty common knowledge amongst Blues fans because I was one of the only people at the time on Blues Twitter that was like, "That's not a good deal, guys," and everyone yeah. was like, "No, no, this this will be fine." And then you know it implodes on itself. Less than. I mean, nine he's got the later. talent. He could definitely bounce back you know, next year. He but does. Hey, it's good- that's. That's why I'm optimistic because it's we've kind of switched now. So now I'm the optimistic one, and everybody else is like, "Oh, he's a bum. He sucks. He's terrible." You yeah. know, it's really it's a good really problem funny, to have. Though. Is, it, yeah, it's but a good problem to have time. to have two goalies like that, though. It is. That's true. But Bennington, this is the first time in his entire career. It's been a very short career. It's only been three years. You know, he has not been in NHL for very long, and this was his first off year. Oh, well, give him a break. Goalies have off years. Players have off years. Sure. I think that he'll be just fine. You know, the well, back end of that deal is not going to look good, but just you know, after he, that, he'll be fine. 
It's just because he burst onto the scene the year that you all win a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, yeah. his his expectations immediately shot through the roof just based off that first season. So, naturally speaking, it was of very course. possible that he was going to regress backwards a little bit. So Yeah, for sure. But this was it'll be Matt very Murray flashes. To, it'll be very interesting to see what kind of season he has next year for you all. For sure. But, yeah, um, I'm excited. Good stuff. I mean, the Central Division is, is just – it never gets easier – um, but oh obviously Colorado is, uh, the cream of the crop of not just the central division, but the entire league. I've already been on record as, of saying that it wouldn't shock me at all. If the avalanche become the next dynasty, if they try to do exactly what Tampa just did, I don't think I'm being prisoner of the moment when I say that. No, that's the scary thing too, is Colorado's good, but they're also young. They got so many good young guys still. That are they're built to sustain this, and that's what I was trying to tell my co-host. So scary. That's what I was trying to tell my co-host in previous episodes. Was it's not like the Colorado Avalanche just kind of got lucky and got on a hot streak. We've seen teams in the past do that in the playoffs. It happens a lot. That's not the Colorado Avalanche. No, they actually did exactly what they were supposed to do in these playoffs. Wow, just massive props to Joe Sackick and the whole front office. They just. It was uh, like five years ago. I was like, "There's no way this team is going to be any good for." They were a forty-eight point team, man. Yeah, they were a forty-eight point team. Absolutely nuts. They they climbed their way up. If you go back and look, just go back and look at what they've done since like 2015 ish. Like the roster moves they've made, the draft picks. The uh, I mean, just uh, getting Nico Sturm and then uh, and then uh, Josh Manson. What what a pickup! Oh my gosh! You I mean they kidding. go out and get Kadri? They get Kadri. They get Kemper. I know Kemper didn't have a great. He gave up some soft goals there in the play in the playoffs. Hey, it didn't matter. But he was still he good enough. He held his own. He held he his, still own, held his own. I mean, they well. just made a lot of smart moves over the years. Um, and then and they've got the best defenseman in the league now, and and Cal McCarr. I mean, they're just He's like so good. <laughs> I mean, they're built to win multiple Stanley Cups. They really are. This is not just a flash in the pan. Like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. this team came out of nowhere. Congratulations. Enjoy it. Absolutely. No, they're going to be back next year. Um, but this has been fun, man. You know you're welcome on anytime. Thanks for joining our Catfish on Ice draft special with a lot of really good draft class prospects that we need to be focused on. Um, good stuff, man. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you inviting me on. It's always fun. Always a good time. For for sure. Real quick, before I let you go, are the Blues the second best team in the division going into the next season? Yes. Oh. You're not being biased there, are you? No, I'm not, because what are the other options? Okay, let's go with Minnesota. I would say say Minnesota is the next option. They got four. Okay, they got $14 million in dead cap next year. Oh, that's $14 million Yeah. in dead cap from Suter and Parise. And that $14 million will extend to $16 million, And then that $16 million will last the next two years. Wow. I had the Minnesota, Minnesota Wild is screwed. I had the Minnesota Wild as my number 10 team, and they were probably the team that was the reason why I didn't have the Blues in my top 10. But you're making, you're, you're really changing my mind right now. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, no, Minnesota's, Minnesota's going to be third in the division, but only because they're so cap screwed. That's the only reason. 
Interesting. You know, Kaprizov's an excellent player. It baffles me that he signed a contract extension with Minnesota. He should have gone somewhere else because, I mean, just look at that. Look at that. The sixteen million is Connor McDavid plus, you know, a solid first pair defenseman. Mm. You know, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, that can well. that can go to somewhere else. It's very hard to build a good playoff sturdy team with sixteen million dollars dead. It it's just it's borderline well, impossible. I'll- say is is it october yet i already miss hockey season i'm already ready for a new oh season God. a clean slate but hey the playoffs Absolutely. were a lot of fun they were they oh were yeah the, I can't, I can't this was a good one playoffs. that was a very was good, good final so that many was a good very series good final that was a very good series yeah we got to, we got playoffs top to bottom were excellent we got to watch Pat Maroon try to slay somebody's back of his calf oh, muscle, God. like after a play. We got to see, we got to see Nikita Kucherov throw his gloves at the gloves. equipment guy. <laughs> we got to see Steven Stamkos shoot the puck at the. I mean, it was it was bonkers, dude. It was it was a circus. That game six was oh, such yeah. a circus, but it was so it was, much. It, it was, was so very very satisfying. It was so it was satisfying so watching Tampa meltdown. It was. I'm sorry, Tampa fans. It oh, was. It was very satisfying. It was very hilarious. It was funny. All right. Good stuff, man. We will have we'll talk to you again. We're gonna we'll talk to you again at some point this offseason or in or when the next season starts. We always love having you on. It's been Mason, Blues Fan Reacts, our favorite St. Louis plant. St. Louis Blues fan. Guys, St. Louis Blues fan. Say that fast. That's hard to say. Alright. St. Louis Blues fan, St. Louis Blues fan, St. Louis Blues fan, St. Louis Blues fan. That's because you're a St. Louis Blues fan. That's true. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, you are our favorite Blues fan. On the, on the I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. I love Predators right. fans. I love Predators you're fans, welcome. and I love the Predators. I'm going to go to British Sun Arena one of these days. I will. Oh, you're going to make it ne- next season. You better be out here. I'm thinking right. about going on like a Eastern Seaboard um, trip. Just go to games on the Eastern Seaboard. That'd be pretty fun. That'll be fun. All right. This is episode 136, draft special of Catfish on Ice. Stay tuned for more coverage of NHL Draft.